as we know. And along with that, make sure you subscribe to our socials. Uh, on YouTube, we are at Hoopin with Mike and Brian. On Instagram, we're at Hoopin.mb. On TikTok, we're also at Hoopin.mb. And then on Twitter, we're at Hoopin underscore MB. Yeah. Keep hooping. It's now time to beat the clock on U92 The Moose. Talking sports for the next two hours. Here's the team. Welcome in. It's Beat the Clock. Good Lord, was it hard to do that today, fellas. And Anissa. Well, some people follow how much water to put in their mac and cheese. Others don't. Six right? cups? I feel like that's a lot for one measly box. What are you going to do? I don't know. Call Kraft and tell them. I'm yeah, not the I one who made the box. <laughs> I, can't say the, I can't say the full saying on air. Good Lord. I mean, I'm positive. That kind of sounded a little negative. It's America. American dream, baby. I don't smile. But I feel like you should be able to dream as many things as you want, you know? I'm very sore this morning. (laughs) I'm very, very sore. All right, whatever. Uh, well, the Hamilton g- leaves, so. Well, Blaine's leaving early, Yeah, Blaine's too. leaving early. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have an announcement. I don't have a class. Oh, oh. he's here the whole two hours. So I'll, I'll Beautiful. S- I'll stick around. Beautiful. Uh, all right, well, that's exciting. Obviously, Jonathan Hamilton's here. The Big Mac, Brian McQuillan, Tanner Mouse is here. I'm Tanner Lambert, and we are bringing you this Monday edition of Beat the Clock, fellas, after a big win on Saturday in the backyard brawl. West Virginia wins that one. 17-6. Were you guys there for that? I, I was there for that. Okay. Were you there, Big Mac? I was there. I didn't see Hammy. Was Hammy you there? Didn't see Hammy? I, I was there for a little bit. Oh, I know Mounts was definitely there. Yeah. I, uh, I, I will tell you guys, we looked pretty good. Yeah, thought it was a good day. Yeah. And I say we, meaning us. We were, we were dressed to uh, impress or something like that. I don't know. Mike Montoro liked the suit. So that's 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 big. That's big. That's big. <laughs> yes, I uh, love Montoro. Yeah, we we yeah. love Mike Montoro, friend of the program for sure. So did the uh, star of the game, Nico Markfield, yeah. came in the presser, and the first thing that he he saw us sitting there, and he's like, "Wow, suits here tonight, yeah. Yeah. professional." <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Nico in class with Brian today. I was, and him, me too. Yeah. 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 You know, sometimes athletes, you know, their class schedules they work different. I would bet Nico probably. He's in class today. I'll think celebrate so? that big win with the student body. I think that'll be the I talk of so. the whole class. He, he, so. was the, he was the talk oh, of the weekend uh, here. Aubrey Burks is in that class, too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Aubrey Burks. I, I think Big Wartella game. is going to mm-hmm. give him a standing ovation yeah. today. Rightfully they should. So. They should. So. You know, I, yeah. I love those videos. Of, you know, the, whatever the player is, you know, uh, the big one like that. I forget who it was from North Carolina. Luke that, May. Yeah, Luke he was May. in class the next the, morning. He made the 730. Yep. Whatever the class was the next morning. Probably did not sleep before that class. I don't think so. Uh, I, I think those videos are always fun. Dedication, man. Yeah. All right. Everybody's alive and awake now. I, I feel like it's always very hard to get up, but once we're in here, we're good to go, I think. No? Yeah, I just finished my coffee. Give it a couple minutes. Give it a couple minutes. I think because I'm on air, I kind of have to be somewhat <laughs> yeah. awake. Yeah. Otherwise, uh-huh. I'd be a zombie right now, I think. Okay. But. 
Uh, so, yeah, big win on Saturday for the Mountaineers. It was a pretty dominant win other than one drive, I think, especially from the defense. Uh, obviously, Garrett Green went down. We're going to probably get an update on him today at the media availability over at the Bush Car Center. Uh that was a bit scary, obviously, because that looks like it could have more than just that game implications with it. But Nico came in, and he was more than serviceable. He did what he was asked to do to win that football game. And, you know, that's the thing, right? With rivalry games, it's always going to be a bit different um, because I think that most of the time you could say it's a 50-50 game. It doesn't matter if one team's 1-11 coming into it or 1-10 coming into it if it's the last game of the year. Uh, and the other teams, 11-0. They're always going to have that extra juice with them. You can definitely feel that in the crowd. Uh, that was a huge, huge crowd on hand, and it was it was pretty sweet. I went back last night right before I fell asleep, and I fast-forwarded around to a couple different points throughout the game uh, from the TV broadcast of it because, you know, well, West Virginia's on national TV sometimes, you know, sometimes it's still that non-skycam production of the game but to uh have the skycam there and stuff and go back and see some of that it was pretty cool just to see the environment again through the eyes of how you were able to watch it on tv uh i, I will say you know we were down there on the field pregame and that stadium was pretty full with about 45 minutes before kick that's not always the case and, and that's how it is in a lot of places right you walk in with there's 20 minutes left and whatnot especially when the parking lot is as close as it is with the blue lot there at Milan Pushcar Stadium. Um, and, yeah, I mean, they were there. And fans were in full force, right? Don't forget the uh, the Goodyear blimp made an appearance. That picture did, yeah. from the Goodyear blimp? It's the best photo of Morgantown I've ever seen, I think. I don't <laughs> think that's an understatement whatsoever. <laughs> it looks pretty sweet. Uh, and, and uh, yeah. I haven't seen one at night, though. Like, I haven't seen a so clip I, of it from at night. The uh, In the TV broadcast going into the fourth quarter they have the over air shot as they come back it looks awesome yeah it does because you can see the stripes really well it's more zoomed in on just the stadium yeah but it was a pretty cool angle of it and uh i mean it, it was a dominant performance let's break it down here a little bit um the defense definitely showed up to play i i will not uh say that that was not the case you know the first drive it maybe had you on the edge of your seat a little bit because well, they drove right down the field, did the Pitt Panthers, uh, and they did not throw the ball on that drive. So it was a little, okay, all right, West Virginia, they've stopped the run really well all year, and that was the best drive from a team on this defense all year as far as running the ball was, how effective it was. Uh, but then they stood them up inside the 10 and forced Pitt to kick like a 13-yard field goal, <laughs> and Pitt didn't even score a touchdown in the game. Phil Jerkovic, 8 of 20 for 81 yards and three interceptions. Uh, Rodney Hammond, 14 rushes for 49 yards. Jerkovic had 35 on the ground. Sebo Flamester had 34. Daniel Carter had 13. Like, they were pretty much held in check. The only guy that averaged more than three and a half yards of rush was Flamester, and he had six rushes for 34 yards. Other than that, everybody was held pretty much within three yards, which is a, a good thing if you're a defense. And on that first drive, I thought Pitt would go for it on fourth down. I was kind of surprised too. they went for three. I thought they had momentum going into that drive. They were grounded and pounded in every play. 
Uh, and the Mountaineer defense couldn't seem to figure out how to stop the run on that first drive, and I thought Pitt would take advantage of that and go for it on the fourth down, but they didn't. And uh, the Mountaineer defense then, of course, really played well the rest of the game, only giving up three points. Oh, they didn't give up any points in the second half. It was right. So, um, uh, they, they, they credit were to the defense. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't. I think in a rivalry game like that, when you're on the road and the the crowd is the way that it is. Obviously, looking back, you wish you went for the touchdown and got those points and maybe changed the course of the game. But in that moment, I think Narduzzi, the pit coach, is probably thinking you got to come away with points here because of how dominant the drive was. The last thing that you want is to not score and just give this crowd something to you know, roar about. You just got a three and out. Now you just took the life out by marching down the field. If you can get your points, keep the crowd somewhat out of it, try to go and get another stop, uh, which they did then you have the whole game in front of you where if you do get stopped on fourth down that early in the game, that just brings the crowd in that into it immediately that, you know, everything that you just marched down the field for that phenomenal drive, you get nothing out of, but yeah, looking back in a game where, you know, you're only going to score six points. I think you definitely wish that they went for it at that point, but I just, I, I see your point totally like hundred percent. You like, you want to get the points if you can, but I thought because they were like getting six, five, six yards, almost every play, that on fourth Until down. they got to the goal line. No, yeah. once they got to the goal line, it wasn't yeah, they nothing were, they was easy nothing. to come by. Lee Koba had that huge tackle on third down straight up the middle. Um, and, yeah, I mean, on the defense, they, they had a day. Trey Lathan had eight tackles. Anthony Wilson had seven. Uh, Beanie Bishop had seven. Lee Koba had seven. Bartlett had five. Mulba had five. Hershey McLaurin had five. Lockhart had three, and they were three pretty important tackles, I would say, too. Two yeah, of those second for a loss, half. yeah. Um, defense showed up and again Nico came in and he did what he needed to do to win the game I think that you know had that not have been Pitt they probably would have done some different things but you know in games like that you don't care what the final score is and I think that's the way that a lot of college coaches just feel they don't really care they just want to win the game right and you see that even when teams are playing you know lower level opponents they don't care if they win at three nothing. If they win the game, that's what matters at the end of the day because one and zero or zero and one is a big difference. And now West Virginia is two and one with Texas Tech coming up on Saturday in a game that they've got a lot of momentum heading in. Third straight home game, chance to win three games in a row, and really set yourself up for success this season. So we'll have to see uh, what they do on Saturday. We again are still waiting on that update for Garrett Green, C.J. Donaldson, five point seven a carry. 18 rushes for 102 yards. Jalen Anderson, 19 rushes for 62. He had three and a third yard per carry. Uh, and Cole Taylor had the receiving touchdown. Michael Hayes came in and he kicked like he needed a kick, right? Didn't miss anything. One for one on the field goal, two for two on the extra points. Uh, Donaldson had the other touchdown. And then it was good to see Oliver Straw out there. Uh, yeah, he, that he, punt was huge. It was. Mm-hmm. He had... Uh, that was the turning point. Three punts for 133 yards, an average of 45 yards a punt right at his number. Two deep down inside the 20, um, and that was important as well. The The punt coverage was really good too, especially on that last punt there uh, where they took Devonshire back behind the 10-yard line and just ripped him apart. I thought they were pretty dominant. You know, I, I don't think the final score really shows how much – West Virginia was in control that game. Hamilton, you mentioned the shutout in the second half for the defense, and it was really just controlling the clock and making sure that you uh, keep the score where it is at so you'll win the game, and, and that's what they did. And 
I don't think one fan was mad at how that game was won. Uh, I've not seen anything. Credit to Neil Brown and his staff, right? Like, you know, I, I saw a couple different guys talking about it, right? Brown comes into the season on the hot seat, and you got your biggest rival at home, sold-out crowd, national TV, all of that stuff. You're one and one You lose your quarterback on the second drive of the game, and mm-hmm. you still take care of the game and win it. Uh, that's that's a big, big deal, and hopefully gives this team some momentum moving forward. You guys see the video of the locker room after the win? Yeah, I saw that. What did he yell? I saw a couple different uh, ideas. I think there was an expletive in yeah. there. <laughs> I thought it was I something 14. Right? No, no? no. it was like? something. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure. What did he say before he started the L? He said, and I told you. Yep. And I think he um, yelled. All right. We made them. Yeah, a yeah. certain phrase. Okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, either way, they the phrase the, that the fans have coined over the years. I think. Oh, Neil is that Brown, what he yelled? I yeah. think Neil. Oh, Brown that's had, something that's to that. Good, had, uh, that's brought that good. into the locker. I could yeah. not understand. I watched it probably five times, and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to get this. I, I didn't either until I saw some of the comments yeah, saying the comments that. And then once saying, I listened but, to it with the comments, I was like, Is that what he said? Uh, okay. Yeah, it sounds. I, like that it. makes sense. Um, West Virginia right now tied right in the middle of the Big Twelve standings. There's a couple teams that are three and zero. Or two and one, uh, but there are four teams in Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Houston that are all one and two. Three of those teams on the Mountaineer schedule. Um, Houston's coming up here after uh, TCU and Texas Tech on the road on a Thursday night. Uh, Texas Tech obviously this weekend, and then in between that you'll have TCU, who's two and one right now. Technically, they're leading the conference because they won uh, in the conference this weekend over Houston 36 to 13 that game was played in Houston some of the other Big 12 scores for you uh it was a little bit of an interesting weekend in the Big 12 fellas Texas takes care of business at home against Wyoming although that game was tied uh for majority of the first half 31 to 10 Missouri at home upset in Kansas State on a 61 yarder to win it Oklahoma over Tulsa 66 to 17 Baylor beats Long Island 30 to 7 Ohio University hosted Iowa State and took care of the Cyclones at home. Uh, a little bit of action there for you. UCF takes care of Villanova. In Cincinnati, the Miami of Ohio Redhawks take down the Bearcats 31-24 to in overtime. So that's a big one right there. Cincinnati on the schedule uh, for the final home game of the year for West Virginia. South Alabama goes to Stillwater in destroys Oklahoma State 33 to 7. Texas Tech beat Tarleton State at home. BYU took care of Arkansas 38 to 31. they're 3 and 0 now this year. TCU against Houston and then Kansas beats Nevada 31 to 24. So a little interesting in the Big 12. Texas seems like they're the best team in the league this year. Other than that, I don't think there's really a prominent... I mean, Oklahoma's been good, right? Like, they're the other ranked Big 12 team right now, but I don't know how much stock I really buy into the three wins that they have. Yes, they're 3-0. and They went out and won the games. Okay. I, I want to see them play some uh, real competition. They've beaten Arkansas State, SMU, and Tulsa. Uh, or not Tulsa. Yeah. They are at Cincinnati this weekend. Uh, Big 12 sent them a nice goodbye gift, sent them to UC in their final year of the conference. Big news Saturday. Yeah, I think it is. They finally announced it. I figured that's what it was going to be. But I think uh, Kansas State's going to be fun. I do, I know too. they just lost against Missouri, but, you know, watching that game, 
They lost in a 61-yard field goal. Yeah. Uh, and On the road. It, it, I mean, and it was the big plays, too, that those are kind of sometimes easy to clean up of, you know, something you just miss tackles or uh, missed assignment. And Missouri was really able to take advantage of the big plays, the long touchdowns. I mean, you clean that up, you win that game pretty handily there. Like you said, on the road against the Missouri team who's been better and better as the years goes on, and then you lose on a 61-yard field goal, in, which in college is – you have to tip your hat at that. Obviously, you shouldn't be in the situation to be losing on that play, but you know, if a kicker makes that in college football, you, you tip your hat and say, all right, yeah. that's, well, that's a great kick. Fair enough. I, I want to give credit to Harrison Mevis. Uh, last year, the kicker for Missouri missed the kick – a chip shot against Auburn, yeah, which would have won the game at Auburn. It was like a twenty yarder, and this time he shows up, makes a sixty one yarder, so kind of comes full circle. And I saw, I saw that, a highlight of him, you know, all about that, and I was like, I think that's pretty cool. I, that wonder, he, I wonder what the longest college field goal game winner is. Okay, I'll get that for you. I'll look that up. Uh, that is the SEC's only out of conference win. <laughs> Right now against a Power 5 opponent. Just so you know, we're in week three. So while people can claim, oh, look, the Big 12 is struggling and all of this, and these other conferences are so much better, uh, no, that's not the case. Don't don't buy into that. I mean, the Big 12. There are 36 undefeated teams. 21 of them are in the top 25. The other four teams are multiple loss SEC schools. So (laughs) we talked about that SEC bias a lot last fall. I think you get some of that there. The shirt. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think the Big 12 is still probably the weakest conference in college football right now. Um, but there's one thing I wanted to say about this backyard brawl before we move 69 on. 69 yards, Ove Johnson hit it for Albaline Christian against East Texas State. That's longer than the NFL record. No, that's the longest ever recorded. Uh, okay. But I'm saying, like, longest game winner. Well, that's what I Googled. Longest game, 61 yarder Missouri. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good for him. Uh, but no. Um, I just wanted to mention about Mark Yule. I don't think we've talked about it. I don't think we talked about it on the broadcast. I think I just realized it now. He started 0 for 3, which means he finished completing this last six attempts. Like, he went after that 0 for 3 start throwing the ball, he went 6 for 6 yeah. in the second half. And, there. and a lot of those were on those RPOs where he had to make that decision. You go back to yeah. that Hudson Clement first down on the drive to go in and score the second touchdown with Donaldson running it in. You're right. That, yeah, that, so, that's a so good point. Yeah. If you're looking at that, I mean, he completes his last six attempts. He goes six for six for 60 yards and a touchdown. On those RPOs that were all set up from running the ball, which is something that fans knew this was going to be the strength of this team. When we talked about at the beginning of the season, how is West Virginia going to be successful? How are they going to win games this year? We knew it was going to be by winning games like this. You're going to have yeah. to run the ball. You're going to have to be gritty. You might be a low-scoring offense, and can the defense step up? make the plays that they talked about, and win you a low-scoring game. And I think that's perfectly what – we talked about how they're going to be a very slow, methodical offense that's going to pound the ball, burn the clock, want to be in those low-scoring games. I mean, and you yeah. saw it there in the well, biggest game of the year. Here, here's the deal, too, guys. Uh, you, you don't get a heavier cake and eat it, too, right? Mountaineer fans have been frustrated they're not winning football games. Well, if they start winning football games this way, you don't get to complain that it's not pretty. Yeah. Right? Winning is what should matter at the end of the day. It doesn't matter how it's done. And right now, this is the identity of this football team, and it looks like it could bring them a lot of success. You're going to be able to control the pace of the game. 
which is really, really important, especially with these new college football rules and how much that's changed the game. People say it's definitely changed the game. Right. You're losing 10 to 15 plays, which could be two or three drives, um, and, and that's a big, big deal. And it seems like right now they know what they want to do. If they can just stay healthy, that's really going to help. And this defense has found ways to uh, give the offense a lot of chances. Three interceptions on Saturday. Phil Jerkovic uh, did not look good. Uh, and, and you could say it's more that Pitt was not good, but the defense still had to make those plays, and they did that. Right? They were getting pressure, forcing bad throws. Aaron passes down the field. And they were in a situation that made Pitt have to throw to come back to get it into the game, right? I just think Jerkovic looked uncomfortable in the pocket. Yeah. I think I think he, he missing some, like, gimme throws, you know, throw balls into the dirt. Check guys, down, a check down. He missed check down. They had drops on check down. Yeah. But last week when they played Cincinnati at home, they were down big, and he threw them back into that game, right? Like, that could have happened again this week, but the West Virginia defense decided that was not going to happen. So give credit to them and what the West Virginia defense was able to do. But what, I think that was really important. And now kind of looking ahead one bit, um, this is the first look I've had at Texas Tech. Even against Tarleton State, they have not held an opponent under 100 yards rushing. Yeah, Wyoming rushed for 170 yards on Texas Tech in a loss. Oregon rushed for a little over 100 and Tarleton State, who lost 41-3, to was able to rush for 145 on four yards a carry. Well, I think like, this is yeah. a Texas uh, Tech team that struggles to stop the ball. And then you want to talk about you know, turnovers for West Virginia defensively. Uh, what's his name? Tyler Shaw has four on the season. He yeah. threw three against uh, Oregon there in the second week, one against Wyoming. Yeah. He, he, he turns the ball right. over. And, and they that was throw the game the, that they lost Wyoming. Yeah, they throw the ball a lot, even against – they threw the ball 33 times there. I think he threw it himself, like, almost 40 times against Oregon. Um, they're going to throw the ball a lot. He's turned it over. He yeah, threw it 38 times against Oregon. Four interceptions on the season. They have not been able to stop the run. They're one and two. They lost to, uh, to Wyoming. They did battle tough against Oregon. So you got to think maybe they found something offensively the past two weeks, but – I mean, it's it's looking like it, they could be their weaknesses are playing into the strengths of West Virginia coming on the road for a three thirty game now. I guarantee it's going to be a full house again. They're calling the players are calling for it. Media's calling for it. It's it, it's going to be close to if not being a capacity crowd once again in the Gold Rush game where you know the fans are going to get involved. It's always an important game too because you do the uh, Hall of Fame at halftime and fans really buy into that as well, and, and that's important. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, West Virginia is not allowed 150 rushing yards in a game yet. They held Penn State to 146, uh, and Pitt was uh, at 100, or 130. 130, yeah, that's what I thought. But okay. I, think, I think the, uh, 60 that the whole line needs credit, too, though. Yeah. Like, right, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. What? 60 of those rushing yards were on one drive. Yeah, but I think, like, the West Virginia O-line, I mean, obviously C.J. Donaldson did a great job of, like, running after uh, contact, but, like, you could tell, like, the O-line just – uh, provided like a bunch of holes for CJ Donaldson to get those big runs, and they also gave Nico the time in the pocket to make those decisions. Uh, and I think, as you said before, Tanner, I think um, obviously nobody expected Garrett Green to go down as early as he did, but uh, Neil Brown did a good job of adjusting, and I think he he just let Nico do what he had to do to help the team win. Like he didn't really have to ask Nico to do anything crazy. So I think that's definitely promising heading into like the Big Twelve play. I mean, you didn't need Nico to go out go out and throw fifty yard bombs. He just had to get the job done. It was done. complimentary football. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. And you know, going off your point about Don the offensive line there, they asked Donaldson after the game, 
you know, last year you broke out against Pittsburgh. This year you were running hard and tearing it up. Like, is there something about playing against Pitt that makes this happen? And he goes, do you see those guys that are blocking for me? Yeah. yeah. He's like, they make his job easy. He's like, sure. I love running behind those guys. Yeah. He's like, are you kidding me? They make everything easy for him. They, they, and it was. I mean, there were multiple, multiple runs where he's not getting touched till five yards down the field. But then like, he had some is, rushes that should have been one yard, but he turned it into five. Right, he was yeah. such and a. Then, yeah, then you have runner. some of those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. But, I mean, that's what it was. And I think that's there's a different. We we talked about going into Penn State. This different energy in the locker room. And mm-hmm. now that we've we've been to more press conferences, we've seen the season go along. I think that that difference from last year to this year is starting to look. Like there is so much chemistry in this room. You look and they yeah. they stay for each other's pressers and they're they're jokingly asking each other questions. Yeah, that was, that was good. That was it funny. just seems like they're all there's a different bond and it comes from the offensive line. And Nico was talking about you know how he loves that offensive line. Donaldson loves hanging out with his offensive line. Donaldson and Nico played against each other in high school, so they go way back. Like it's it, it's no, a different energy yeah, in this. It, it I is. Feel it. I feel it, it, it was really funny. Aubrey Burks goes, yeah, reporter Aubrey Burks here. Being Bishop, you see that really good block on your interception attempt down the field by Aubrey Burks uh, blocking for you out in front. That, yeah, Mounts is right about that. And, and, you know, speaking on that a little bit more, the video's been going around of Garrett Green going up and him and Nico just having yeah. a big hug after the game. Like, it, you know, while it was a little bit of a competition maybe in the offseason, don't know how much of truth is in there to the extent of that. These guys are rooting for each other, Yeah, right? Like, it's it's not like they're competing for jobs. They want to win these games, and, you know, I haven't had, like, they've not really thrown the ball a, a whole lot other than in the Duquesne game down the field to the receivers, but none of them seem to be upset with that. Like, everybody's no. like, I want to be a blocking guy. I want to do this. I want to, you know, they're this winning team, these games. This team wants to win. They, yeah. They, they, I, that comes from being an underdog off season, and that's going to bring a team so close together. When you are nationally doubted and you only believe in yourselves, that's going to bring a team so close together. And, you know, talking about Donaldson and Nico and that big hug after the game, there was even a moment, it was after that fumble where Nico fumbled the ball and he's kind of coming off and he's, he slaps his hand on the turf and he's walking off with his head down. And Donaldson comes up to him and does the simple, he puts his hand under Nico's chin and lifts it up. Yep. And, like, physically, like, hey, chin up. Like, we're going to be fine. Yep. And Nico talked about that, about how Donaldson came up to him and be like, look, man, like, it happens. Like, we're going to get the ball back. We're going to be fine. We're going to go and score. And that's they what got, the defense did. And, and they the got defense, the ball back right yeah. back. The defense got them the ball back right away in better field position than what they were. They go and capitalize on the first play on a touchdown. Um, I yeah. mean, I, I, I asked Burks about, was there – like, when, he, when when a quarterback goes down, you know, okay, we might not be scoring as many points and the de- offense might struggle a little bit. Was there any motivation, you know, for the defense to step up and give Nico the best situation? And they said, you know – they're going to do that for any quarterback, and they were happy to do it for Nico. They were happy to do it for the team. They were happy to do it for themselves because this was just such a huge win for West Virginia, the biggest in Neil Brown's career from all 33 guys, special teams, offense, defense. It was a great performance. You mentioned it, the complimentary football, defense setting up your offense, the run setting up the pass, everything about it. It was just a great win for the Mountaineers. It was. It was. Uh, some of your other scores around the country. Penn State takes care of Illinois and Champaign, 30-13. to Notre Dame over Central Michigan, 41-17. to Alabama, 17. USF, 3. Florida, who I did not have picked, I don't think, gets Utah at home, 29-16. to 
Um, or gets Tennessee at home, sorry. Utah beats Weber State. Uh, Colorado, Colorado State in double overtime, 43-35. That was, was a heck of a game to watch. It was a heck of a game to watch. Uh, did not enjoy staying up until 2 a.m. to watch it, but I, I did. I mean, we were up anyway. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Um, one of the games I wanted to talk about, my Heisman pick, Michael Penix Jr., went into East Lansing and had a day. 27 to 35, 473 through the air, and four touchdowns for Penix I mean, on the He's got to be the favorite right now. I think so. He has I, to I, be. I, yeah. Washington's going to win the Pac 12, I think. Nobody wants to talk about them. I don't know why that is what it is. Like, all the love goes to Caleb Williams and SC. It is so hard to win back to back Heismans because you have to be better than you were the year before and still be above the rest of the country. Yep. It's not going to happen. Uh, Washington, I, I think that. They present a lot of different things to you, and to have a veteran quarterback like Penix, uh, it's only going to bode well for them. In a big or in a Pac-12 that is very good, don't get me wrong, that that league is going to kind of cannibalize each other. I think as the year tears on, uh, and, and that's going to be something to watch for, in my opinion. We've got some really good games coming up this weekend, guys. Uh, Big one, obviously. Pac-12 after dark. Cal is at one. Yeah, ten. I was, I was just gonna say you didn't <laughs> mention that Cal beat Idaho, thirty-one seventeen. Huge win Huge for the win. Golden Bears. Golden Bears. Very happy. We to have see a contingency it. of Golden Bears fans here. I'm a good United diehard. Uh, diehard. Diehard. I mean, Sam Jackson looked amazing. Twelve <laughs> for twenty-three, one hundred eight yards and two wait, touchdowns. Wait, what was it? Say that again. Twelve for twenty-three, one hundred eight yards and two touchdowns. Sam Jackson, the fifth, getting it done. Did, he did what he had to do to win, and he's promising to see it for California. I mean, you're sitting at two and one right now. Yeah, I'd be feeling pretty good. Big opportunity this week yeah. at home. Wait, who are they playing? Washington. Oh, oh. they're gonna yo. Uh, Sam Jackson might get Heisman if they. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Jackson, the fifth. Yeah, yeah the fifth. So the fifth. They, Washington has Cal, then they're at Arizona, then they host Oregon, then they're home against Arizona State at Stanford. Their schedule is a lot easier to navigate, I think, than some of these other Pac-12 schools. They do have the run at the end of SC, Utah, Oregon State, and Washington State. But to get all those at the end, it, I think it bodes well for uh, the Huskies and what they could do this season. Luke Blaine is here, the NPC. We'll get his thoughts on the back end for all very quickly. Yeah, if you couldn't hear him. Yeah, I mean, just coming in, making in all this. It's the Blaine train. All right. Well, you're not talking into a microphone. Nobody's going to be able to hear you. Well, that doesn't make sense. We're, we're, we're on air. Those goes. Let's do better. Hamilton, you're with Hamilton. Sorry. Oh, sorry, Hammy. Sorry, Hammy. He took too long and nose goes on purpose. Okay. He wanted to share this mic with me. All right. Tell me your thoughts on the backyard brawl. I had a tremendous time okay. at the backyard brawl. We're going brawl. to talk about ourselves, not the team. All right. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm getting there. All right. But Tell me about the, the game. I thought the game was as good as you could ask for from WVU, given the circumstances. I thought Nico played very well, and if he plays again this weekend, I expect him to be better. I think the offense did a great job of playing to his strengths, a good bit of play action on those passes. But at the end of the day, it was a lot off the backs of C.J. Donaldson and Jalen Anderson, and I think that worked. And I was talking about this with my dad yesterday. It doesn't have to be the most attractive kind of offense. It doesn't have to be your air raid all the time. If you go out and you win games like that, that is all Mountaineer fans are going to care about, is if you go out and you just win. And it was electric there la- er, on Saturday, and I expect it to be electric in the future if WVU can keep this up. Fair enough. All right. 
some of the big games this weekend. We've got a lot of ranked matchups. Uh, we're excited to see this. I think this is going to be the best week of college football this year thus far as far as what the games are and what they aren't. Uh, Florida State's at Clemson. You got Ole Miss at Bama. I don't know who's going to be the starter for Alabama. Uh, Buckner got benched. The other guy came in, didn't look good. I can't even tell you who the other guy's name is, but uh, don't know. I think you're going to see Milrow back on Saturday against Ole Miss because he at least gives you a chance, right? He's kind of that uh, gunslinging quarterback that's going to make a lot of mistakes too. But, I mean, geez, they did not play well at South Florida. You think you're talking about Ty Simpson? Yeah, that. Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did not come in and play well either. Ugly game. It was. Yeah, there was uh, some weather in it, but yeah. you're on the road at USF. you got to take care that's, of business. And, and I think I said this on uh, the other day. Um, I think that's Alabama's first non-Power 5 road opponent since 2003. So definitely interesting statistic there. Yeah. He's in a, it, when was the last time they were outside the top 10? It had to be a while, right? I think uh, maybe 2019. They when might they lost have the two games. been yeah. out of the top 10. I'm not sure. Something like but that. They're 13th right now they are. as of last time I checked. You got uh, UCLA at Utah. Colorado's at Oregon. I think that's going to be a nice wake-up call. Is Cam Rising back for Utah? I do not know yet. Okay. They're still waiting on that. Yeah. We'll see. That's going to come out this week, obviously. I think if they need him to go, he can go. Probably going to need him to go against UCLA. I will say that Colorado-Colorado State game, one of the dirtiest games I've ever seen. That was a yep. dirty hit on uh, Travis Hunter. There were multiple just, like, well, there's the video of there's, Sanders trying to poke the dude in the eyes through the helmet. Yeah, like it's there were multiple things. That's a rivalry and, and a half. Chris <laughs> Fowler, yeah, Chris Fowler always does that. I don't know if you guys know, he does like that uh, weekly nightcap thing. Yeah, he usually has like a little thing of whiskey that he does it with. That's why it's the nightcap. But um, he was talking about, it and he was like, he was just so disappointed in college football this weekend. With he was like, you know, it's going to be college sports. It's always sloppy, and that's what makes college sports so exciting. And you have those big turnovers things like that but he's like there were so many i mean you look at that the the absolute brawl that happened in the florida. tennessee florida yeah. game where they were squaring up throwing punches with helmets on like he, i will he, never understand that by the way yeah i don't i don't either um or the people that take their helmets off to fight it's like <laughs> okay um but um he he just said it's gonna be because he's calling the game tonight they're doing the him and Herb Street are doing the Monday night, or not Herb Street, but him and what's his name are doing the Monday Is night. Is it game. Riddick? Like no, yeah, the college crew no, always Fowler does one and, NFL yeah, game. Fowler. Yeah. It might be Herb Street. It might be Fowler and Herb Street tonight. There's I think no it's way Herb, Herb Street. Street. There's no, he's doing. He did Thursday, Saturday. Monday, Thursday. Yeah, he's a workhorse. <sighs> I think he is. He, doing he tonight. flies from wow. college game day. Well, to that's the game fine. He's I doing. understand. That's just a. I mean, but, he's not yeah. even going to know what these teams have done. He did say he. That's talked, a lot of work. Like, he, yeah. yeah, he talked about how refreshing it's going to be to have the NFL and you know cleanse his palate is what he said because it was so, especially that game. That hit was so dirty. There was the poking the eye. There was targeting late in that game yeah. on like, I, it was just terrible the, to watch the, uh, and. Uh, Jay Norvell for Colorado State exchanged words, I think, with Deion Sanders. Yeah. At the end of the game, it looked I don't sure. think they exchanged words. I think that he was – it looked a lot more positive than, like – it was probably – I looked like something that they were close together. I was assuming that it was, a, like, almost one pro- – I'm hoping apologizing for what happened with, like, the hit with Travis Hunter and all of that and also clarifying what you said before the game and being like, hey, man, like, I respect the heck out of you. Like, yeah, still all that. I, I think that – 
Norvell should get some credit for that game. He coached yeah. a hell of a game. And Here, he, nobody but Chris Fowler, or was it Reese Davis, one of those two guys, got his side of it all, right? It was all about Dion's response to the comments made by yes. Norvell and the hat and sunglasses. And it was like they were only covering one side of this game, which I thought was unfortunate and a bit of a disservice to the Rams. I will say at that point, I know you guys were, you said you were watching it. There was that fourth and three in no man's land that they punted it and pinned him down at the two that i mean it kind of takes us back to almost like the backyard brawl last year you have a, te- a team in a rivalry game where you're a huge underdog on the ropes on the road you got to go for that ball like you you yeah. you go for that fourth down right, you get it because they get a 98 yard drive and they win the game in th- yeah. yeah like and yeah. that's and it what you saw in the backyard brawl last year like i think you just I, as soon as it was a fourth, it was like a fourth and two. Like I said, you have to go for this. Like you have to go. If you get this first down, the game's practically over. You kick a field goal. I'm not going to take my chances with my defense against that offense. Yeah, I mean, you got to give credit. I mean, should Earth Sanders? Uh, no, no. Yeah. Let, let him to that 98 yard drive. I mean, that was pretty impressive. And I mean, obviously, Travis Hunter was down. Um, but like, I mean, wow! Like just watching that game, going on that 98 yard drive was just like he 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 can really throw that ball. Like, and every that's throw. the thing. Like. Trust your defense in the fact that, okay, they don't need the 98 yards. Like, trust your defense in. If we don't get this, I trust them to still stop them for 60 yards. Plus, you're up eight points. Like, if you're up three, then, yeah, punt it. Uh, like, punt that ball deep because make them have to drive the length of the field for a touchdown. But when you're up eight points, the worst that happens is overtime. I think you go for the first down to seal the game. And then if you get stopped the next one, you could, you're in field goal range. You could kick a field goal at, like, I don't know. I think it was a missed opportunity by him because he did. They absolutely had Colorado on the ropes. I think he had to just deliver that final knockout punch. But, yeah, you know, great, great game plan going in. All right. Uh, some of the other top 25 games. Georgia's got UAB. Uh, I'm going to go in order 1 through 25 here. Michigan is uh, home against Rutgers. Uh, Texas is at Baylor. Florida State at Clemson. We talked about that. USC's at Arizona State. One of the big ones, a Saturday night game, Ohio State at Notre Dame. Uh, Penn State's at Iowa. Obviously, our Cal Golden Bears playing Washington. Uh, Oregon, Colorado, Utah, UCLA, LSU and Arkansas. Uh, LSU had a really good dominant performance over Mississippi State this weekend. Alabama, Ole Miss, Oregon State, Washington State. That's a game that if you asked them off the record, they'd probably rather not play to keep those teams undefeated. Uh, with those two schools and what's happened to them. Uh, Oklahoma and Cincinnati. North Carolina is at Pitt. Their number 17 is UNC. Um, a nice game against Minnesota. Duke is at UConn. Miami is at Temple. Tennessee is uh, home against the University of Texas, Stephen o- or San Antonio. Combine two different schools. UTSO. Yeah. Uh, Florida is hosting. Charlotte, Florida is back in the top 25. Florida's not a top 25 team. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. I was surprised. How are they that number 25? Unbelievable. They're, they're not a top 25. Why do you think they're a top 25 well, team? We, we know why they're a top 25 team. Uh, other teams receiving votes, Clemson, Missouri, K-State, TCU, Fresno State, Kansas, Tulane, Kentucky, Maryland, BYU, Wisconsin, Syracuse, Louisville, and Auburn. Yeah, Clemson got booted out of the rankings for losing to an 18th ranked team. Mm-hmm. And they're 2-1. and one. Uh-huh. Florida loses to Utah. Gets blown out by Utah. That okay. game was not like, a game. Like Utah dominated. 24-11 does not show the score. No, no. It was ugly. It was. Gators. It was. And, uh, yeah, they beat Tennessee at home great. That does not mean they're a top 25 team. 
I mean, you also have Missouri who just like I'd rather game, Missouri right? be like, ranked. Give Missouri four. a twenty-five. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Missouri received seventy-two votes. Clemson received seventy-six. K State dropped out of the top twenty-five for losing to Missouri. Like, yeah, no, to me that doesn't make sense. But that is what it is. Uh, if uh, West Virginia beats Texas Tech, they receive votes. I think they'll get better. Yes, I think they absolutely better. I think they could. You're three um, and one, and your only losses to a top you ten. Two team. power five wins, a conference win. Your only losses to a top ten team, probably a top five team, with how everything's shaking out right now. Penn State's really been that Ohio State Notre Dame game is going to move around the top ten a little bit. Yeah, uh, yeah, it is. But I mean, Georgia's been shaky and on the ropes. Michigan, the first half against Bowling Green, didn't look great. You could really make a case that Texas. Florida State was a little shaky. USC's been shaky. Texas and Penn State might be the only two teams in the, and Washington, only two teams in the top ten that haven't had to worry about a game and have been consistently good on all three phases. I mean, hell, that Texas game was 7-7 for most of the first half, and then it was 10-7 Texas at half. Like That game was a little bit dicey in the first half, too. I think that WVU could end up – if WVU wins by a larger margin and just scores more points than – what they did this past week, then I think we very well could see them at like 24, 25. But I think if they win, regardless, they'll get votes. Uh, yeah, I, I would assume that would be the case. Um, all right. Really quickly, Jonathan Hamilton, me and you, we're going to have a quick conversation right here on air. So talk. Just about Mike Babcock very quickly because I have to mention that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hired uh, July 2nd, resigns on September 17th before training camp even starts unreal in columbus what's happening the jackets cannot get out of their own way i, I, I just wanted to mention this well uh, can, can we get a uh, an outrageous uh, prediction in the metropolitan i think what, 30, well you want to know what an outrageous second or third is? you want to think uh, they're going to finish this year their goalie tandem was picked number two in the metro in in a preseason poll i saw in columbus elvis he's a backup Neil tarasov okay six five two fifty guy i mean phew. Something like that. Suit yeah. him up to, to uh, blitz a little bit, huh? I, yeah, but no chance. <laughs> I, I I talked to Sean McDonough on Saturday. I said, Jackets are going to be good this year. He said, eh, better. Yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, better. And, uh, you know, um, now I don't even know what to expect. Pascal Vincent's the head coach. Just, God. Brutal. God. Tune into the Spartan year tomorrow, 9 to 10 a.m. here on U92, and you can hear about that. I'm going to talk about that quite a bit later today. Are you going to talk about the Michigan State football game with your buddy there? No, no, he works for the team. We can't discuss the football team. Tanner. Yes. Rutgers 3 0. That's right. Playing Michigan this week. Rutgers took care of business against Vatek at home. Uh, is that at home? Grant Wells. Rutgers, yeah. I, think I don't think he's played. Um, I just can't believe that Greg Shiano would ever be considered on the hot seat for what he's doing at Rutgers. I agree. Yeah, I don't, I don't know why. I don't understand that whatsoever. Oh, but speaking of how it was a big week for hot seat coaches. It week. was. A it lot was. of them got wins that they needed to get. Yeah, Napier got a huge win. Biggest of his career. Neil Brown gets biggest of his tenure here. Yeah, so that was my question. Was the win on Saturday bigger than the Vatek ranked win at home? I think so. I, I think so, too. Given the circumstances, yes. Okay. It's your biggest rival. It's yeah. It's you come out and you really take care of them. I mean, I know, 17-6, you really took care of them. You controlled the game. Um, yeah. yeah. I think so. when people say, like, this is his biggest win, I don't think it's necessarily. Like, statistically. The, yeah. I don't think it's, like, this is the best team that he's beaten. Like okay. He's been that's, at West Virginia. Yeah, I think it's more so, yeah. 
I think yeah. it, it speaks to coaching, too, to win with your backup quarterback. Right, yeah, we and mentioned that off only, the top. I'll, I'll tell you what, though. Only West Virginia and only Neil Brown would get crap from the fans for, you know, everyone says, you have to win this game, you have to win this game. If he doesn't win this game, he's out. And you take his backup quarterback away, you You're starting start the game yeah. really slow, and you come out and you just dominate on all three like aspects. Yeah, you don't find the end zone. Yeah, you don't necessarily get points, but... And then say, well, the other team is just really bad. Neil Brown still needs to go. I, I, I don't think I've seen outcome. any of that. That's the thing. Like, I, I have. Oh, I have not. I've not. I have. Okay. Well, not saying that he still needs to go, but saying, hey, you know, still keep your like. This isn't. This doesn't solve everything. Like no, this doesn't. I'm not like saying a, it does, but uh, I think it tells you a lot about this team, and that's what's important. But I think. I think for fans after this win, and you got exactly what you're asking for, and he com- comes out and with the backup quarterback goes and still executes the game plan to go march down the field over and over and you have to adjust on the fly and he talked about a notebook he got rid of his play calling sheet at halftime literally just got pen and paper out talked with nico what plays are you comfortable with what plays are you okay in running in a close game you feel like you can execute 100 percent. he wrote them all down on a piece of paper ran those plays in the second half which is why we were talking about in the broadcast you saw so much we kept saying that motion with cole taylor that yep. tight end in the slot motion him running those plays those type of RPO that opened handoffs. up a ton down the field too by i'm the way, for still the like back. i yes i no Neil I, Brown needs, receives a lot of credit with that and that putting that tight end in the little wing slot position there yeah. and motioning him and you can use him the uh, you saw that's how cole taylor got that touchdown when you when they were sending the tight end in motion and using him as a lead blocker over and over and over then all of a sudden you run that you see that same motion same formation then you pull it and he slips down into the flat rather than going up as a lead blocker. Yep. It was great. And then there would be times where he'd motion, stop, and it would be a little counterplay the other way. They used that to perfection. Yeah, and you're not going to make everybody in the hand, fan base happy. Uh, but I think that that was a really good win. And uh, things are trending in the right direction here in Morgantown. Um, all right. Anything else on the college game you want to get into very quickly or no? I think we're, we've covered most of it. Uh, Tampa Bay Rays made the playoffs, by the way. Isn't that awesome? Uh fantastic stuff love wow it's almost like you started what winning like do you remember when i said 20 no matters because those games count just the same as they do in september good stuff good stuff split with the orioles i don't think anyone's saying they they didn't matter but people were saying like hey they were overhyped a little bit maybe but they've won 92 games and there's still some more to go they could get to 100 potentially might need to to win the al east good lord they're still behind the Orioles, aren't they? Uh, I think it's like a game and a half, maybe, because the Rays have two games in hand as well. Think he's ahead of the Red Sox now? I don't know. Let's look. Yes, yeah, they, they are. are. 76 and 74 after they played in <laughs> Pittsburgh this weekend. You saw. So, Hamilton, you have seen the Pirates win one time this season, and you've been to like 10 games? I've been to seven or eight games. Seven or eight games. I, I, the first win I saw was with you, Tanner Lambert. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. We saw uh, Debbie Bednar come out to Renegade. He did not pitch. It was five to three on Friday, Friday. night. Yeah, Friday night. Uh, they did not send out David Bednar, and the Yankees scored four runs in the top of the ninth wow. on, a, on an air. They had a double play. Yep, they were able to turn the double play and end the game, and yep. they threw it in the dirt. G1 and it bounced, Bay, and two bounced runs, in the dirt. two runs scored off the air. Well, one run was going to score. Wow, and then yep. two that error caused another, another run. To come they in. got a base hit. and yeah. scored another run. Yes. Wow, but that that error gave you. They were Yankees were down one. Yep, one out. That would have ended the game. The yep. error. Sends in two two runs. Yankees Pretty up one. Pretty routine double play. Uh, Absolutely. I, I mean, even, like, I mean, listening to um, 
Wow, what is it? Wow. John Sterling? No. Michael Key. Uh, uh, yeah. uh, Michael, Michael K. K. Michael K, yeah. I don't know why that name completely slipped early in the way too early in the morning. See ya. He, even he thought he was like uh he was like, and they're gonna turn the double play and oh it got away from him. Like it was yeah. like a very That's yeah. that's wild. Yeah. <laughs> that's something. Uh yeah. So yeah, I have okay. to I have to double check the record, but it's 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 pretty bad. For it's the oh for you this season, the Pirates bad. technically not out of the playoff hunt, mm. just for what oh, it's worth. Okay. Fourteen and a half back of the Brewers, but you know what's the wild card? Uh, <laughs> let's check that here. They're eight back. Okay, so the Reds are a half a game back. Help. <laughs> Is that right? The Reds are a half game back. Yeah, Reds are a half game back of the Cubs. Get it done, Cincinnati. Nobody wants to see Chicago in the playoffs again. Oh, Chicago's going to be in the playoffs. Cincinnati's just got to sneak in there at the third spot. Well, right now, Miami and Chicago are tied. For the second spot. That's what it's reading to me in the National League. Chicago's lost some games. Okay. They were, were like, they're both 78. 10 games over 500. 78 and 73. I have not been (laughs) watching the standings too closely. Um, but okay, so yeah. that's that's a battle in the National League. There you go. Yeah. Exciting. I mean, what do we got? How many games left? Seventy-eight and seventy-two. That's one hundred and fifty, right? So, uh, something like there's it. Yeah, it's twelve games ago. Did I have that right? Uh, seventy-eight plus seventy-two. Come on, early morning math, man. Yeah, that's one hundred fifty. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that quick math out of hand there. That's that's fantastic. Fantastic stuff. That's right. That's right. Uh, all right. Uh, on the soccer field. Uh, West Virginia, the women fell in a conference game on Thursday down in South Florida. The men drew on Friday against the number five UCF Knights. They're number four. I do not think, usually it comes out around noon, uh, the men's rankings are out for this weekend from the United Soccer poll. Yeah, I don't think it, it doesn't look different. Marshall was number two last week. Yeah, UCF was tied at fifth. So I would think that they just stay put where they're at. As I'm watching this double play now, Jiwon Bay, yeah, that's a bad throw. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> Oof. Woof. Brutal. Um, all right. Oh, wow. Yeah, not, that's, that's bad. It's the buck over me. Yeah, that's, I can that's tell you, Gallo was very excited, let me tell you. Yeah, I'm sure she was. That's that's great. Ben Mackey didn't want to talk about it. No. I, ben brutal. Mackey, ben Mackey, we saw that guy on Saturday. Good to see him. Good to see him. Yeah. He, he came over and he like uh, brushed his hand through Brian's hair. Oh, yeah, I thought it was Tanner doing it. Yeah, yeah, it was not. And then he turns and he saw Ben Mackey. It was really funny. He's yeah. making sure you're on notice, man. <laughs> hey, shout out Ben, man. What a guy. Yeah, a guy. Um, see, man. <laughs> it, it was cool. You know, that's like the thing, right? Big game on campus. Everybody comes back for it, and uh, to have him back in the building, obviously, always yeah. great. Always great. It's great to have him back. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to talk the NFL and stuff uh, for quite some time. Uh, two games left tonight. Okay, we're going to hit our 9 o'clock break still, and then i got a surprise for you guys on the other end of the 9 o'clock break. Uh, but pretty good game yesterday. There were some good games. Last night's Sunday night game, good. Uh, yeah, I'll tell you what. That, that pitch back by Gasecki. That was close, man. It was right there. He might have should have been whistled for being the stop for forward progress. Yeah, that it was, was close. That was close. That was close. I'm like, yeah. I, either way, they didn't Taking, get it. Yeah, t- I was gonna say, and people were upset that there. People were saying like, "Oh, you can't overturn that call." Yeah, you can. There was a clear shot down the line that you see he's short. Yeah, they find. Yeah, the the 
one from the opposite side of the field at the first down marker yeah. shows you he was short. I and agree. Then also, you have that whole, like, he probably, yeah, he gets blown back two yards before he pitches it. I, I got not even watch the game, but. Yeah. 24-17 is the final in New England. I'll tell you what, though. Bill Belichick finds new ways to invent how different to throw a styles. One, how to throw a challenge fight. <laughs> yeah. That was, that, a was gro- that was a Gronk spike. That um, and then I also think it's really fight. funny that you see him put it in his really high white stock then. Yeah. Well, that's get, because you don't accidentally drop it. I think that's the story, right? He accidentally dropped the challenge one time and lost it and, like, was so mad at himself. And now he hides it in his sock, which yeah. has to be uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I lost challenge. No, but, uh, yeah. No, but I was going to say he also, I think you're going to see a lot more of this now, now that he figured that out and did it, uh, the motion on a field goal block. They're, genius they're gonna take that out of the game at the end of the year how how can you you change the rule how what's Th- the that's rule? what they do they're what's gonna i don't know what to tell you that they're gonna figure out a way to make sure that that doesn't happen because that's until teams can consistently start like if, if, if like we start that. seeing a block kick a game off of that i think that the rule will change well then you need to you know i think the adjustment becomes that Okay, if you're an offense and you see them motioning down like that, you have a guy wide open. Like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I wonder if maybe you see the adjustment is like you have a second guy back there next to the holder standing there. So, like, I, I don't know what you do. But that was an impressive block <laughs> yesterday in that game. Ultimately, they still lose. Um, Denver, what a game yesterday in Denver. 35-33, the commies win on the road. They're 2-0, baby. Ron Rivera's got the boys rolling. Uh but they hit the Hail Mary at the end of the game. You guys saw this, right? I'm assuming. Hit the Hail Mary at the end of the yeah, game. Don't convert around. the two-point two conversion. That's something well, that would happen. There's a very big reason why they didn't convert the two-point conversion. Tell me. You're very clear beyond. defensive pass yep, interference. Okay. Very clear. It's completely – I mean, he's got the hand on the jersey on the opposite shoulder and pulls him down to swipe away where he gets his body gets completely turned as the ball is coming towards him. Complete pass interference. All right. But, you know, all, all these right. – Social media and the threats and stuff that refs receive on it have them fearing for their lives to call any kind of play late uh, in that's games horrible. now. That's horrible. Uh, like well, we saw that in the Cincinnati game. The defensive pass interference that was called when Odell brought the guy down, the ref wasn't even looking. Have you seen that video? Yeah. Like, that's... that's they just saw that they're both on the ground and called it, yeah. yeah. Did you did you also see the video of the uh, fan in Cincinnati headbutting that dude? Oh, I saw that. Well, you showed that oh to me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was... Did you see it? I want to know why they let him just get up. Yeah, like, I don't understand. <laughs> they helped I, him get up wh- and then let go of him. What is going on in the world where they people just go to games to fight people now? Like it's not even it's just a game safe man. to go it's to the NFL game. games anymore. Like I don't understand. It's every week we see this. But did the Texans fans were fighting each other? Yeah, man. I saw that one too. Like it's every weekend there's multiple fights at NFL games. I mean, there was one ready to break out. That we passed at the West Virginia game too. Yeah, there, it was these old dudes, man. They were yelling. Something we were trying to figure out. He's we like, couldn't, we you, were trying to move to get what is that your girl back up. Yeah, he's like, your girl took this out of my pocket or something, so I'm taking this. From there was you. no like, woman standing anywhere around these five <laughs> gentlemen that were arguing. <laughs> they were all dream, like, okay? they were all probably like sixty years old. Oh yeah, they were ready to. They were take it back. They to were their very glory red days. in the face. Uh, they were ready to take it back to their glory days. <laughs> it, that was some water cooler talk for Monday morning, I guess. Yeah, I, uh, dude, I have no. Th- those guys were retired. Like they're, <laughs> it was something. Um, yeah. So the commies get the win against the Broncos. <coughs> Cowboys win at home against the Jets. The Jets are going to struggle this year with Zach Wilson. Cardinals, go Cardinals blow it, man. They blow it. 
But I guess if you're a Cardinals fan, you're, at the end of the day, you're like, all right, I'm glad we ended up losing that game. That's kind of what you want to see. Kill Williams. Yeah. 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 Uh, 31-28 to the Giants. Niners beat the Rams. The Rams might be a little bit better than a lot of us thought, I think. Perhaps. Uh, the, the Niners have won nine in a row now against the Rams in the regular season. It's unfair at this point. Yeah, that that's wild. Uh, Chiefs take down your Jags, Hammy. Interesting kicking the field goal there at the end. Yeah, yeah it was something, wasn't it? Just enough to cover. Um, Chiefs take down the Jags. Colts beat the Texans. Bucks win at home. Baker, baby, 2-0. Uh, Titans take care of the Chargers. I'm going through the scores. I'll let you talk about it when we come back from the break. All right, Luke playing. He's got his Derrick Henry jersey on over there. Uh, it's Bengals, victory Monday. Bengals lose at home he to the Ravens. He says, I told you so. I'm going to come over there <laughs> and give him a hug. Did somebody tell you so? Oh. 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 You picked the Chargers, my guy. I you know. You are wrong about your Titans. Okay. It's be I'm wrong in the guy. I'm wrong in the best way possible. Right. 37-31. Gino gets it done in overtime in Detroit for the Seahawks. Bills dismantle the Raiders. Uh, 38-10. Falcons 25. Packers 24. Ooh, Atlanta's 2-0. Oh, Brian. Oh God, I know. I, Brian, big Falcons. Guy. We'll save it for after the break. <laughs> not, not happy. Not we happy. uh we enjoy watching the Falcons lose. We do quite often. So it was a long day. It was Why? a long day. I'm so confused. Don't know why. Uh, there, one of our friends from freshman year back in Dadisman. Yeah, yeah, die-hard big Falcons diehard Falcons fan. guy. Uh, when when the Falcons lose, let's just say we all lose. Yeah, like <laughs> we all lose. But we enjoy it because it's so funny when they lose because they no, no. cannot throw the football. No, nah. actually, Desmond Ritter had that yeah. one. Yeah, yeah, that he, one he really did all right. Nice I mean, they beat the Packers. So that was my question. We'll do this question really quick before we hit the break. Are the Falcons better than we thought, or well, no, that's not. Are the Packers who we thought they were? Maybe I don't know how good you guys thought they were. I didn't think they were going to be, you know, a twelve-win team this year. Yes, they beat the Bears, but it was that more that the Bears are just not good, and the Packers know how to yeah, beat I'm Chicago. To lose, starting to lose faith in my guy a little bit. Not gonna lie. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I don't bad. think He's, the Packers are going to be lose. that great. Losing to Atlanta on the road. I mean, yeah. What was that? Desmond Ritter at 237 through the year with a touchdown and a pick. I thought Jordan Love looks pretty good so far. Yeah, though. he's going to be all right. Like he, that, that's the big thing is that he's looked better than I thought. I mean, yeah, he threw three be. touchdowns, 14 to 25, yeah, back to back games. yards. Yeah, so that's that's and his good. number. <clears throat> excuse me, his number one target is still out. So right, yeah. 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 I'll, don't don't. I I know. I didn't think to look at the lineup. I thought I took Watson out already. I lost to Mouse yeah, because I know. of it. Yeah, I cost you, man. I don't. It's all right. I'm going to lose in uh, my dynasty because I forgot to pick up a kicker. So. I started 3-0 and last week. I'm going to be 3-3. Three and three. Brutal, brutal week for me. Uh, that's what it is, though, on the fantasy side of things. All right. We're going to hit this break, and uh, it'll be fun when we come back. I'll just, I'll just say that. We're going to talk to the NFL the next hour here on Beat the Clock. Uh, it's U92 The Moves. U92 is the home of West Virginia soccer. Walks around, shoots, and scores! The first goal of the season comes from the fifth-year senior, A.J. Rodriguez. Catch all of the home matchups for your Mountaineers with conference games at home for the men in their second year of Sunbelt play, including Marshall, Georgia Southern, and James Madison. Cotta, who caught on the left side, nice pass. That's the Frederick Jurgensen. Jurgensen into the side, oh! Oh, Derek! 
and West Virginia takes a one nothing lead. Lydia Beltran with it. Delari's going to kick it well for it. Here's Taylor White on the run. She's got a break. Here comes White into the box. She shoots it and she scores. West Virginia ties it at one. Heredia Beltran with a great lead pass. And the gritty being hit by Taylor White now. It's 1-1 at Dick Deles. On the women's side in conference play, the Big 12 opponents include Iowa State, TCU, Oklahoma, and Oklahoma State, along with Big 12 newcomer Cincinnati. Now it's Peltron on the far side. She lays one on, and it's in the back of the net. Join us Wednesday nights for the kickabout from 6 to 7 p.m. for West Virginia soccer discussion. Catch all only on U92. Olakainen passes it on the far left side, and a goal there. How about that? Off the head. Unbelievable by Sukata. Are your mornings boring? Well, they're not going to be anymore. U92's all-new sports show, Beat the Clock, is Monday and Friday mornings on U92, 7 to 9 a.m. Wake up and beat the clock with the sports staff. Can't beat the clock? Well, then you're going to have to find it as a podcast. Search the sports page on your preferred podcast platform where it's paired up with U92's Wednesday night show, The Sports Page, Wednesday night, 6 to 10 on U92. Join us then as we talk about everything in the sports world. There's always great laughs and fantastic discussions. Beat the clock and the sports page. Find out more at U92TheMoose.com. Do you like sports? How about a new perspective on it? It's the Spartaneer Podcast with myself, U92 Sports Director, Taylor Labor, and my good friend from Michigan State, Ethan Hunter. We talk about everything from the NHL to pizza, college basketball, and golf, and whatever deep dive we have for you this week. It's the Spartaneer, a cross between East Lansing and Morgantown, with roots in Columbus. Join us weekly as we discuss and laugh about what's happened. Find it on your preferred podcast platform by searching The Spartaneer or at unitedtothemoose.com. That's S-P-A-R-T-A-N-E-E-R. Spartaneer. Welcome back in. Beat the clock right here on WWVU FM Morgantown U92, the Moose. And I told the boys I was going to have a surprise for them here in this 9 o'clock hour where we're going to strictly talk the National Football League. And that surprise is on the phone right now, coming to you live from Reading, Philly, here at 9.02 in the morning on a Monday. Probably the earliest he's woke up since he was back at school in the spring. Ole Shantansky is on the line. He did not appreciate the talk on Friday of the Eagles and the Phillies, and so he called me and was like I, I have to come on on monday and yell at you guys so sean how are you doing this morning sir i'm doing pretty good and you know uh i love beat the clock love what you guys are oh, doing man. still but definitely do not miss uh the early wake up time uh you're right i do sleep in a little bit more now that i have the chance to but when i have to wake up early for work it's even earlier than what we had to do uh, to do beat the clocks, uh, so I still don't like it. Uh, before I get into the reasons why I call it, I just wanted to shout out you guys. You guys have been doing incredible things this semester. I'm immensely proud of all of you. Aww. The past two weeks, uh, just I'm so incredibly proud of you guys. Um, and of course, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, congratulate you guys on your excellent 
backyard brawl coverage. Uh, the two Tanners, you guys did great on the game. Uh, my boy, Jonathan Hamilton, and uh, my other boy, uh, Brian McQuellen, you guys did great on the post game. And uh, Hamilton, shout out uh, last week, too, for the uh, play-by-play for the Duquesne game. And then my man, Luke Blaine, uh, excellent recap, as always, for the DA. Uh, uh, I saw to, you tweet out that it was your favorite recap you did. I agree. It was my favorite one to read, so I'm really proud of all of you guys. Uh, congratulations for everything you guys have been doing. Oh, thank you, Sean. We appreciate that. Just so you know, uh, Mounts is now standing up. He's not even <laughs> sitting in his chair at this point. He's ready to, to get eviscerated and yelled at right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, bring us back to TNT. And then another point I want to bring up is there's a big discrepancy between you guys on what uh, Luke Blaine's nickname is. Oh, no. You guys are for Blaine Train. Tanner, you're for the MPC. Yeah, break the time, um, man. I was all for Blaine Train, and then I heard the absolutely god-awful pun, Luke, that you did last week about uh, Navy airing it out. You said that Air Force. So I've officially decided you're Blaine Train when things go well, and then you're the MPC when you do stuff like that. That, ju- that just means I'm always Blaine Train, baby. That was my nickname. I'm always that. going well. Oh, man. All right. Beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, Eagles are 2-0, and Sean, but they look like garbage. Yeah, Who knows, no, it's uh, been a very – I want to say – so my whole uh, viewpoint going into this year was everyone was still saying that this Eagles team is just going to completely dominate once again. They're still one of the most loaded rosters, if not the most loaded roster in the league, and that's hard to deny. But my big thing was uh, it was – regression was going to happen Regardless, I mean, you lose two of your coordinators, both to head coaching jobs. You have to replace talent on the defense, which was a top 10 unit last year, with rookies and a bunch of unexperienced guys. I love Jalen Carter. I think he's going to be a very special player. It is extremely hard for defensive tackles to come in and make an Aaron Donald-like type rookie year. Aaron Donald's rookie year was incredible. Not a whole lot of defensive tackles can do that. It's going to take time for him to get involved with this offense. Another reason why regression was inevitable is injuries. Eagles had incredible injury luck last year. Uh, They're already starting to bite the injury bug a little bit here. Avante Maddox, our uh, nickel corner, he's going to be out probably for the year with a torn light run. That's absolutely brutal. Uh, They have to deal with injuries this year. Uh, So, yeah, they're going to regress a little bit. First two games of any indication, yeah, this offense is going to need to take time to gel. Uh, Brian Johnson, he's a first-time play caller, uh, and it shows. He hasn't called the best game plan, um, especially uh, on against the Vikings last Thursday. I was very, very annoyed that first half. Um, a big topic of discussion here that I always hear on Sports Radio here is, especially after you handed out Jalen Hurts, that massive contract is do you want to run him as much uh it's you know a double-edged sword he's so good at it but hey you just invested 250 million in this guy he's all right and brian johnson seems to think he should keep running him even when you have all these other weapons so hey, hey, uh, hey, i have a question for it, you? it's been annoying okay i have a question for you dansky yeah um one of the eagles fans going to stop using injuries as excuses i'm not using them as excuses i'm simply Sounds saying like you are. Last year, they were incredibly lucky, and they were incredibly healthy. This year, that is not the case already through um, 
two weeks. Nicobe Dean's already hurt. He'll be out for four weeks. And like I said, Avante Maddox is out. That's two uh, very key pieces of your defense. Um, the leaks have shown, but hey, every team goes through injuries. I know that. You guys know that. It's up to how your coaching goes into it. How do you get the other guys prepared? Uh, and it's going to test your depth. And it, uh, great teams are able to overcome that. And again, I think the Eagles are still a great team. Uh, they'll just have to do it a bit harder this year if they want to get to their goals. I don't know, man. It sounds like you're not even the best team in your own conference anymore. Wow, that's really uh, well, more second through two team. weeks. Through two weeks, it's very clear who the best team in the NFC is. I'm not going to comment on them because I do not like uh, that team from Dallas that much. Uh, but they have clearly. Oh, that's not even where I was going. They are clearly the best team in the conference through two weeks. That's They're not probably even where the I was best going. team in the NFL. So that's a trophy they could hang their hats on when the inevitable collapse comes yes. uh, later in the season. I cannot wait. For them to walk right into Philly and absolutely dismantle Jalen Hurts and the Eagles. And I mean, it's I mean, it's not going to happen. But you can keep dreaming, man. I know yeah. you got. I know you got. Uh, uh, you got to have fun with something. Doesn't Dak Prescott have a winning record against the Eagles? Yeah. Congratulations. How many playoff wins do he have? Oh, <laughs> time, man. He's he have winning five hundred. We're not talking just, about postseason. Just to, just to We're put it in about... perspective for you. Jalen Hurts matched the amount of career playoff wins Dak Prescott had in his uh, third year in the league last year. How many year. Super Bowls do they have? Two. <laughs> That's a bad argument. Uh, Sean, Hurts does not look like he knows how to run the ball anymore, though, and they continue to try to make him run, especially on these third and medium plays. Uh, we saw a lot of that on Thursday night in that first half against the Vikings. I was sitting there with the Big Mac, and – I mean, it was like he's afraid to get hit, so then he just falls down at the line of scrimmage and instead. It, it doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, no, he is looking a little bit, I don't want to say scared, but the body language doesn't look like the Jalen Hurts that we saw last year. Uh, from all I've you know, been looking at post-game stuff and listening to interviews, he, they, no one here has really commented on that or brought that up. But, uh, I mean, if you, again, if you just watch the game, it doesn't look like he's making these uh, plays that he did last year. I mean, he's such a physical runner when he has to be, and he's so quick when he always has to be. It seems like he's not uh, putting it all together. And I think um, I think he does have to be cognizant now. Of, but the Eagles' position is, hey, they don't – they've been talking about it all year. They've asked, they asked Coach uh, Sirianni all year. It's like – all right, you just paid him $250 million. Are you going to limit how much he runs? And the answer has always been running is one of the things. Him running the football is one of the reasons why we paid him this money. We're not going to limit to him. But at the same time, they aren't giving him the same runs that they did last year. I don't know if they're, again, trying to protect him or that's just the way uh, – or Hurts is just choosing the times he runs. But, yeah, I agree. He hasn't been as sharp running uh, like he usually does. And he hasn't been sharp throwing it either. They're definitely in a bit of a funk offensively. Uh, but then to that point, they're still 2-0. Uh, they have on their last game Thursday, they had a le- they have 11 days until uh, Monday night. That's pr- um, what, uh, a good amount of time to get things uh, ready. All right. It sounds to me, on track. It sounds to me, Stansky, like 
the system around Jalen Hurts has changed and is not as great. You know, you lose your offensive coordinator. For a system quarterback, that might hurt him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So I find this this is uh, a conversation Tanner Mounds and I had off air, and I was pretty much appalled that he would even uh, bring that up, and I said it. Um, Jalen Hurts is not a system quarterback. He is the system. The Eagles offense works because of him. It, well, hold on uh, now. Brian, is the Eagles offense working right now? Okay, they're 2-0, okay? But is the offense working? Is, uh, I mean, it's working enough to be 2-0, so yes. West Virginia, but West Virginia didn't beat Pitt because of the offense. They won the game. It doesn't matter. But Fair it's enough. not like they won. Right. 2-0. Uh, look, I'd rather be 2-0 with, uh, with a struggling offense than 1-1 one one with a great offense at this point. I, I mean... I'm fine being two and zero, and that's the thing. You have to if you're you have to win ugly games. Like if you're playing bad and you're two and zero, like that's fine. Once they get it figured out, like I'm not I'm not that worried. You know who else won a bunch of ugly games last year? The Vikings. How'd that turn out for them? The, the Vikings. I'm, I'm not a Vikings fan. So I don't really care. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Sean. The Phillies. They're not going to do anything in the off season uh, or in, in the postseason. Uh, yeah, in the off season. Yeah, no. Well, I mean, um, uh. It's a typical uh, September for the Phillies. Uh, they're struggling. Uh, I don't know if I really talked about it a lot last year, but September's are really – the month of September is a terrible, terrible month for Phillies fans. There's been so many collapses uh, the past couple of years, even before Bryce Harper got here, and then a couple of years where Bryce was here. Uh, they just don't like playing in September. Um, but just get me to October, and uh, I'm, I'm, I, I can promise you, Tanner, that I will be updating you every single game that they win, and it's going to be a lot because Red October is coming, baby. Uh, it, it's actually pronounced Troptober, uh, just so you know. Yeah, Troptober, okay. 92 mm-hmm. in Tampa Bay. <laughs> uh, we'll see, we'll see. <laughs> you, Unless, uh, you know, put it this way, if the ace doesn't hold things down, you guys are going to be in trouble. F1's got it going, though. I'm not worried about it. Um James Harden, your guy still? Uh, well, um, uh, this has been my uh, stance on the basketball team that resides in Philadelphia. They do not exist in my mind until February. They don't I, exist till February. Uh, they do not exist. But the team needs a total reset. The terrible culture there. Uh, I'm sick and tired of that team. Uh, not happy with them. And But the good thing is I don't have to worry about them. Uh, until uh, February, so it's well, okay. I mean, unfortunately, though, it feels like your teams might be done earlier this year, and, and so <laughs> I, I think I you might think have so. to start tuning in in December because the Flyers will be out of it by then as well. Oh, well, the Flyers are going to – I'm finally excited for the direction of the Flyers. I've told you that all off season as well. They're going to be bad, but they have a purpose to be bad. So it will be <laughs> fun. It will be fun to watch this core – grow up together and all these young players that we have it'll be Trust fun it will remind me actually a lot of how much fun i had during the process era for the sixers where it's just terrible terrible teams but it was fun because they're the young players and so they always thought of oh but what if these guys develop into something so that'll so, be fun i finally have an incentive oh, hamilton that flyers team have an, it's it's not a young flyers team john watch this flyers team though it, i finally have incentive it's not a young Flyers team, though. That's the problem. They have, they have um, that one young guy. No, they have. Uh, you're right. It's not young in the sense that it, they're all you know twenty something years. Well, there's a couple good young pieces that they've rewarded 
with entry-level deals and everything. I'm excited watching. And right. Sean Couturier uh, is going to be healthy. He's one of my favorite players. He'll be healthy this year. He hasn't played in like two years. So that'll just be fun to see one of my favorite players back on the ice. Yeah, Frost is back. Uh, Nolan Patrick, not back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Sean. <the> Flyers, <laughs> okay, you don't have to keep bringing up Nolan Patrick. I, I, you know, trust the process. <laughs> yeah, I'm saying the Flyers are going through the trust the process. Maybe they'll also go through a Tobias Harris over me moment. Okay, <laughs> we've also talked into length about this, and you still don't understand that, but it's okay. Uh, congratulations on your Tom, for once right. again not winning it all, but your fans celebrating it like you won it all. Congratulations on that, by the way. Isn't that what the Eagles did last year? No, we were very upset about last year. I was very upset about the finals as well last year. Mm, I'm sure. <laughs> All right, pal. All right. Good talking with you, man. He's not coming back next time. <laughs> well, yeah, thanks for calling in, Sean. Uh, lots of fun to yeah, talk no to problem. you. Yeah, no problem. I think you're going to have a rough end of your fall here and all of that stuff. No, you hope that I have a rough end to my fall. You are actually terrified that we uh, live up to the potential again. I know you're afraid. I'm, I know, I'm terrified. I know you can't deal with – I know you can't deal – with me but it's uh you're gonna have to because i'm telling you eagles are gonna get this thing right and i promise you the phillies are going deep in the playoffs once again do you remember last year when he picked the phillies to lose the wild card round in st louis i recall that i was just happy to be there i was just happy (laughs) to be there for the playoffs all right it's just like you give us an inch of space and they're gonna make it happen okay and that's what's gonna happen then they celebrated like they want it all that's right that's right. All right. Well, we'll talk to you again soon at some point. Thank you for giving us your great Philadelphia insight this morning. Of course. Thank you for letting me have an option to do it this time. Yeah, no no problem <laughs> about it. Uh, system quarterbacks, teams that can't hit, you know, all of those things. Yeah, they they matter. I heard oh. he had a great preseason. <laughs> ah, I love the <laughs> I told him about how you said that all five drives were touchdowns. That means he was going to be good. Uh, I think you're going to see it tonight. I think you're going to see it tonight. We're going to talk about that here uh, after we get off the phone with Sean. I'll be listening. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Tansky. Good to hear from you. No problem. Thanks for having me on. Bye, guys. Bye. See you, Tansky. Tansky. All right. That was the always terrific old Sean Tansky. Uh, And, and yeah, he gives you a lot of insight on on the Philadelphia scene and and what's happening out there. He is the most glass half full when it's completely empty guy I, I think I've ever met. Yeah, except when it comes to the Sixers, he's not yeah. really yeah. half full on that I, I, I one. Think so, one. Though, I, don't, I, don't I mean, I wouldn't be either when they choose to buy Sarah's over Jimmy Butler. Uh, but. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, you got two games in the NFL tonight. Uh, Carolina is hosting New Orleans, and Pittsburgh is hosting Cleveland. But we told you we were going to break down some of these games from yesterday first, and Blaine's got to leave here soon. Blaine, I'm going to time you. You have one minute. <laughs> on your team yesterday. Oh, it's going to take way more than uh, one minute. I, I, and we okay. both know that. I'm going to cut you off. You a minute. I'm going to cut you off. Go ahead. And then I will clock. I mean, I, clock is I, I said Tannehill would be perfectly fine before the season started. Week one does not matter. All right. And he came out and he redeemed himself. I want to I give you an interesting stat. All right. Just when I was about to lose all hope, because it was a rough first quarter, even going into the second, it, it was a bit rough for the Titans. Then Tannehill drops back off a play action and delivers an absolute dime down the field uh-huh. to Traylon Burks, hits him perfectly in stride in a pass that traveled 62.2 yards in the air, 
and the longest pass of the season's first two weeks so far. He'll be all right. The Titans' backfield, the mix of Derrick Henry and Tajay Spears, that's going to be great. Tajay Spears is going to be that guy after Derrick Henry's done. And they're doing the split carries thing. Derrick Henry went 80 for a touchdown, and I was really happy with what I saw from them. The defense is still sticking up for for themselves, doing their job, really kept the game close early so the offense could get traction. And I think that's what you want to see. And for the first time since 2018, the Titans have not missed a PAT or field goal in the first two weeks. So <coughs> it's all coming together. Let me read you And this. week one doesn't matter. This is the AP update for the game. The Tennessee Titans finally got a much-needed sigh of relief. Actually, two. They have a reliable kicker. And the eight-game losing streak that's dated back to November of last year is now over. Yep. Okay. There you go. That shows you where you're at. 27-24 Titans over the Chargers. Derrick Henry had a good game, though. He only averaged three yards per carry for Derrick Henry. Like that, he's not meant to average, but that's an average five yards per carry. That's but to He's say, meant like, to ground and pound and wear down the defense, and that's what he did. I, I think mean, that's fair. 20 of 24 was Tannehill for 246, an average 10 yards per pass. Uh, the big number, though, to me, sacked five times. That, 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 that offensive line was bad. That's going to be a problem. That that is going to be a problem, especially because the Chargers didn't really get to Miami. Like I didn't. Maybe they did, but I didn't feel like they had the great defensive line. No, they, they finally made an offensive line adjustment mid game. They subbed out the left guard who was playing absolutely yeah, Tua, atrocious. Tua wasn't sacked last game. Like they really didn't get pressure on Tua last game. Yeah, I mean the Chargers' so. defense is good, but more of that I would say is in the secondary and at the linebacker. Not really. I mean Joey Bosa's there, but could you name another D lineman on the Chargers off the top of your head? Okay, so uh, yes, there you You're go. Also playing them with, I mean, injuries happen. Right, fair enough. Uh, Austin Eckler makes a huge difference in that offense. Yeah, Titans but, are one and one though. It doesn't matter but who's on you're the. You're not putting a nice, and you're not putting an asterisk on it. No, no I'm not saying that you are. I'm just uh, Herbert threw for three oh five in that game. The big one down in Cincinnati yesterday. Baltimore gets it done on the road. Uh, third straight year, I think it is, that the Bengals have started 0-2. They've made it to the Super Bowl and the AFC title game, respectively. They're not worried in Cincinnati. I'm not really worried. I I think that they're going to be just fine. Uh, Burrow was 27-41, of 41, two touchdowns and a pick with 222 yards. He was only sacked one time. That's a big number for them right there. I'm starting to get a little worried from the Bengals. I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm not. No. You know, my issue is... The AFC is the AFC, and you can't afford to be zero and two. And then, like, the time is running out for you. Got to get things together, yeah. And you got to get it together fast because yeah. the AFC you can't afford to start zero and three. I'm gonna guarantee they're not gonna do that. They well, maybe I won't guarantee that. They have the Rams at home, then they're at the Titans, at the Cardinals, home against the Seahawks, at the Niners. They could they could get back to three and two pretty navigably in that stretch. I, I mean, we say. saw it happen two years ago. Everybody thought the Chiefs were done because they had a slow start to the season, and then they come out and they, you know, yeah, I, they, they they were the Chiefs. They I, came out and they did their thing. Uh, yeah, Mixon, they only ran him 13 times. He had 60 yards, four and a half a carry. They just didn't really run a lot of offense, and then they had to catch back up, and I thought they did so. T. Higgins had a day. Two touchdowns, eight receptions, 89 yards. Um the one question I would have, I guess, about the Bengals is that secondary. A lot of turnover back there, but uh, we'll see what they can do. Ravens are 2-0. I hate saying that. 
Uh, but that that is what it is. Yeah, that defense looks good too. Yeah, it, it does. It does. Um, although they're really banged up. Odell went down yesterday, and uh, that's not great either. Uh, I don't think that's the like. All right. I mean, they have Zay Flowers now. They've been fine with terrible receivers in the past offensively. I yeah, think I I know. I, Lamar that deep ball he did throw to Flowers. I don't know if you guys yeah. caught that. Yeah, that was a, one heck of a throw. Uh, that really showed off the arm strength that Jackson has. Uh, Kansas City wins in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence did not throw a touchdown. The Jags didn't have a touchdown yesterday. They did not. Uh, I was pleased with the defense, uh, with the turnovers. They were able to get Kansas City to fumble the ball four times. Two of those lost. Um, with the Jaguars' offense, just never really got it going. They had some chances in the red zone. Zay Jones almost had a touchdown catch. Calvin Ridley almost had a touchdown catch. Um, but a, a game where the Jaguars' offense just wasn't really present. Um, and, and Trevor Lawrence missed some throws. Um, and, and sometimes he'll do that. He'll miss throws in the red zone. But you look at this game, it's Kansas City. I, I thought they would bounce back after week one. Um, they they weren't fantastic, I would say, uh, by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, Isaiah Pacheco played pretty well. He had almost six yards of carry. Um, Mahomes, 305 yards, uh, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, I was only sacked once, so I'd like to see the Jags get more sacks. They sacked Indy four times uh, last week. Uh, they were only get to, able to get to Mahomes once, and I think that's going to have to change. I think you have to get to the quarterback more than once, but that's just me. What are you celebrating, Tanner Lambert? What is, what's Announcement expected today. New stadium deal in St. Pete for the Tampa Bay Rays. Oh, that's big. They're staying in Tampa, baby. That's big. That's huge. Oh, that's big. Yeah. Sean Tansky sent me that update first. Uh, well, now I'm very happy today. That's big. That's that's okay. nice. That's... All right. I'm sorry. That's that's exciting. Uh, let's put a bow on it. Um, yeah. Uh, Travis Etienne was virtually ineffective on the gra- <laughs> on the ground. Twelve carries, forty yards. Uh, you know, yeah. It's it's it, it is what it is. Texans next week. Hopefully, can get back in the, the left hand column. But um, one and one, they're gonna be they'll, fine. They'll the be AFC South, yeah, good. They'll be fine. So, I think uh, Pacheco's got. I, I was surprised the Chiefs uh, didn't really use Pacheco week one, but after seeing it in week two, I think Pacheco no, he, he played be, pretty well. And I, I think yeah. he's a guy. And he runs hard. They talked about on the yeah. broadcast. He doesn't go bo- get down behind the line of scrimmage very often. Yeah. He's a guy that's able to get you at least a couple of yards every play, um, and it shows with the almost six yards per run. Uh, Metric mm-hmm. uh, had that had a thirty-one yard run, so he, he's a guy I, I think a very underrated running back there in yeah. the backfield for Kansas City. But um, I was just surprised they used Clyde uh, Edwards Alaire. That was week one, but they used him like way more than yeah. He had one carry. Yeah. He, he, yeah, Pacheco yeah. I think is much much better for that Absolutely. offense. Absolutely, and uh, you know, Sky Moore played well for Kansas City. Uh, Justin Watson played well. Um, Kadarius Tony had some catches. Um, didn't really have a I lot. I think he had a fumble, too, though, right? Yeah, but... Um, you guys held... Tra- Travis Kelsey didn't have a catch like, the third quarter. I think that touchdown was his first catch. And he looked banged up at the, end of the year, at the end of the game, too. He was kind of <laughs> hobbling over there on the sideline. Yeah, line. he had the touchdown catch. He wasn't really much of a... He had, the four, he had four catches, but I really feel like he had much of an impact besides that touchdown I, catch. I think if they would have beaten the Lions, he wouldn't have been out there this week. But I think this was a game that, you know... This is a bounce-back game yeah, for them. They, they needed to win this game. They needed to win this one. Yep. So they brought him yeah. back out. That's why... It, it was kind of the worst worst case scenario for Travis Kelsey, best case scenario for uh, Chris Jones in terms of week one. They lose the game, so now it's, you know, you got to bring your guys back. So that's 
hurts Travis Kelsey because you probably rushed him back when you could have let him rest another week. Uh, but for Chris Jones, you know, you go out defensively. Second half. Yep. Yeah, defensively, yeah. the Chiefs struggled week one. That's your best case of like, hey, look, you better pay me, man, because you, you guys need me. Oh, yeah, they were getting to Trevor Lawrence yeah. quite a bit. Um, yeah, for some three field goals. Seven quarterback hits, four sacks. Um, so, it, you know, obviously, uh, Trevor, I felt like Trevor did not have a lot of time in the pocket. Uh, he had to kind of improvise a lot um, uh, yesterday. But, you know, Jags lose. I'm not too worried. Um, you know, it's it's Kansas City. Uh, I think they'll be okay. I, I think people were kind of freaking out a little bit too much after they lost to the Lions week one. They'll be fine. I, yeah, I, I think that's yeah. a fair point. All right, Mounts, what was your pick to talk about for the game of the day yesterday? Mr. Titans fan has to leave. Luke, congratulations on the win. Thank you. Happy Victory Monday. I would like to take a little bit of credit. Okay. I remembered to get my cream soda this week, yeah. and I drank it during the game. And I think that made a real difference into uh, how I'm, the boys played. I'm sure it Week did. one doesn't matter. Tighten up, baby. Okay. All right. Bye, Luke. See you later. Um, okay, my game of the week. Yeah, it's not the one that I'm going to talk about, but I personally because there's something else. But the Seahawks Lions to me was one of the games of the week. I think that was a great NFC battle there. But I do want to shout out my boy CJ Stroud real quick. He looks like he might be the be- like the real deal. Um, yeah, he I he's mean, hanging in there, man. He's getting yeah, that killed. Line is he's absolutely getting killed, but he is showing that he has those. Poise. Yeah, that that poise and the um, I can't the attributes that a good quarterback in the NFL needs and the accuracy, the ability to stand in there and you know this week he was able to finally find the end zone. It was something that he threw for a lot of yards last game. Struggled in the red zone a little bit. Thirty of forty-seven, almost four hundred yards, three eighty-four, two touchdowns. Yeah, sacked six times. I mean that's not great. You gotta not only just for protect your rookie but if this is going to be your franchise guy i mean you saw it joe burrow's first year you can't protect him eventually at some point you ri- you risk serious injury on your quarterback um but if he can just get any sort of running game help i think that this texan offense is going to be okay they rushed the ball 26 times for 52 yards like that's awful that's two yards a carry I think if he can just get any bit of help on the run where he's not having to throw the ball 50 times a game like he did, 30 or 47, he's going to be all right. But his accuracy looks good. Even when he was – there was a couple of times where he wouldn't throw the ball away, like especially down towards the end zone. He would try to put it in a spot where, uh, you know, there was one like Robert Woods where Robert Woods like went up and almost had it. But it was in a spot where it's the absolute safest place that you could put it in terms of the defense isn't getting it, and you're still giving your wide receiver a chance to go and make a spectacular catch without risking, like, you're getting rid of it before you get sacked, not putting a defense's arm's way. I, he looks really good. He looks like he's going to be legit if they can get him some help. But it, 384, that's yeah, a ton. That's a lot. of. I mean, he threw the ball. It was only eight yards of completion because he threw the ball 50 times. But it's still, yeah, yeah that's, it's a, that's, that's a heck of a day for a rookie awesome. there. Um, no, no turnovers. Yeah, no, no turnovers. Uh, oh no, he fumbled. But all right, didn't throw a pick. So the decision makers there. Uh, Richardson, by the way. Yeah, that's the other thing. That's, Richardson that sucks. Because he looked good. I was going to uh, say Richardson's looked really good the first two. Well, he, he looked really injury. good for them. I think you know you never want to say like, oh, it's just a concussion. No, um, because those things are incredibly serious. Mm-hmm. But I think they're more serious long term. Like, you don't want to rush him back. If you can protect him so that he doesn't keep getting concussions, he'll be all right because I think every football player's experienced a, co- a concussion at some point, not to, to take anything away from how serious they are. But he should be back this season. 
he's going to be good. He's yeah. Gonna, he's going to be all right. He was he six for 10 like to start the game. game. Yeah. It was, two it was on the ground. He had three rushes, 35 yards for two touchdowns. He's going to be, he, he's going to be legit. And that conference there, um, got a whole lot better with those two rookies. Yeah. All right. Any other games you wanted to talk about? It's okay if you didn't. Baker Mayfield 317 yesterday through the air. Well, I guess the big win. The, Bears look rough. the Seattle Lions game <laughs> yeah. is the other one. No, th- that game was interesting. I saw some people complaining about how the overtime went. I didn't watch it. I'm not going to lie to you. I saw the final I saw the play final play, overtime. right? Everybody saw Geno's throw. That was a heck of a throw, but it was a little bit of a hold, but those yeah. things usually get away. It just sucks that it uh, is what it is. Yeah. If it put it this way, if that's an incomplete pass, nobody's complaining about a hold on that play. Like it's not that's even exactly a right. Like that. Yeah. But um yeah, no, Seahawks absolutely needed this win. Yeah. Um and the lines are also going to be just fine. Like, everybody knew that. They're also just as legit. But Seattle, I think right, Seattle's a legit team. They didn't play great against L.A. week one, but don't forget that they were pretty darn good last year. And, I, you know, the NFC West looks like it actually is going to be back. The Rams look pretty good to start. I don't know where they keep finding these receivers, uh, but that that's fine. Uh, well, Kyron Williams. I mean, Seattle Seattle was good last year. Gino was the comeback player of the year for a reason. And, you know, I hope that he can prove that he's worth the money they paid him. Uh, I really, really hope that because, obviously, uh, the ties back to here and all of those things. And, I mean, Jackson Smith and Duke, like the receiver core they have in Seattle, it's a fun team to watch. Um, you know, it's a shame that they don't do the, uh, you know, like NFC West after dark kind of games or something like that. That'd be kind of fun. <laughs> Uh, because I, I think Seattle will be a team that a lot of people would root for. Um, Luckily for uh, David Montgomery there for Detroit, just the five brews okay. that he had to be That's carted good. off because he had uh, he started off all 16 carries, 67 yards for a touchdown. People are upset that Jameer Gibbs aren't getting more isn't getting more touches. Um, That's fantasy owners. I don't, you know. And plus, like I've always been, even when David Montgomery is in Chicago, he's a guy that's. I mean, he had four yards of carry. Like, he gets you that. He yeah. is a very explosive downhill runner that makes guys miss. He, he's what Detroit needed. Let Jameer Gibbs develop. Let him learn from David Bunker. I mean, like, I, I don't know. I, you know, even Lions fans were complaining after week one about how Jameer Gibbs was so explosive and they barely used him. And It's too bad. Uh, 171 yards receiving for Evans yesterday, too. I just saw it. That's a ton. Yeah. The Tampa fans were not happy that they the did not resign him. It's the big show back. Uh, Baker Mayfield's a heck of a front runner. That's what he is. Things are going well. He's pretty darn good. When things are not going well, he's pretty darn bad. Have you seen the bad. Baker Mayfield cycle meme? Yeah. Oh, yeah that's, where are we right I mean, now? It's not even all his fault, though. Like, even, no, like, he's had a different he's offensive had, yeah. coordinator every single team he's played on. Mm-hmm. Every single year in Cleveland, he had a new OC. It's like five or six. It's seven, I think. Seven? Yeah. yeah I saw a graphic the other day. Four years in Cleveland, that. four offensive coordinators there. A new one in Carolina, a new one in L.A., a new one here in Tampa. Carolina, yeah. Yeah. Like he's and he's got, a, a, he's got a talented offense around him now. Like The Bucks aren't, aren't yeah, in, in that division. They like they're going to be pretty good. The defense Shot has White, some questions. Evans, but the, Godwin. the defense showed up yesterday. I get it. It was Chicago. But the NFC South's not good. Yeah, They no. could very easily win that division, I think. I mean, Atlanta's 2-0. I think it's wide open. I think yeah. the worst team so far is Carolina. So far. We'll see what happens. I mean, yeah, the Saints Car- play New Carolina Orleans, Carolina. That'll that'll tell us a lot more tonight. But I think it's probably right. them and the Cardinals. Is the worst team in the NFL this season? Yeah. I mean, they, you know, yeah. Denver's not pushing. 
Denver's not look good. Like they're scoring points and stuff, but they're some of the decision making. Like yesterday, Russell Wilson near the goal line with that throw oh God, as he was, was falling. Awful. Luckily, he was called down. But like That's that to me, Denver is going to lose games because of the decision making on the field. Are Russell Wilson's kryptonite? Like, oh my gosh, that should have been picked. Should have been picked. Who's uh, the here, here's a question? Who's the best team in the NFL right now? San Francisco. Yeah, San Francisco's right there. I'd probably say the Cowboys. I think Dallas and Miami, those three are your top three teams in the NFL right now. I think. San Francisco looks the Look most at three. Yeah, I mean, Buffalo, they look better against Vegas. Uh, when was the last time Bill Belichick started 0 3, you think? Uh, Long time ago. Oh, 2001. 2001 was the last time they were 0 2 and they won the Super Bowl. Uh, uh, well, they're at they're in New York for the Jets. I think they'll beat the Jets. Yeah, I think they'll beat the Jets. I, I think they'll Zach Wilson looked abhorrent. <laughs> they got to do something. <laughs> I mean, they uh, they have to do something. Uh, Joey Brace did it on the NFL segment uh, last Wednesday on on Sports Page. You get maybe 140, 150 yards out of Zach Wilson, a touchdown, and a couple turnovers, and that's that's what happened. To be fair, that Dallas defense is probably the best in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. He was – like, this was my – like, I thought the Jets were going to be okay if Rodgers was playing. But yesterday, you would have seen Aaron Rodgers get killed the way Zach Wilson got killed because that Jets offensive line is not good. There was third and five from, like, the 17 – it was in the first half. He snapped the ball. Parsons came in untouched and just threw Wilson down a second and a half after the snap. Like, if that's Rodgers, the same thing is happening. Yeah, but I think if it's Rodgers, Rodgers is known for his pre-snap reads where he's able to get hot routes, and this is where I think. And no, I think that's fair, but the offensive line is still not yeah, going to be no, good enough. No, no, and that's why that's literally yeah. why. That's Aaron why he got hurt. got hurt. But yeah. I think him and Garrett Wilson were poised for a big year, and Garrett Wilson was going to be his guy yeah. with this offensive line that he's just going to dump it to him and go make a play. Like I, like Aaron Rodgers is one that he refuses to get sacked. You saw him with Devontae Adams in Green Bay when. When he wouldn't have time and he knew that Blitz was coming, he'd audible, he'd change the play and get Devontae Adams the ball quick. And I think that was something that he was going to do. He had big plans with Garrett Wilson to do some really big things. And that's my frustration with Zach Wilson and honestly Hackett as well. And part of it's because I'm a Garrett Wilson fantasy owner. But also, I want to see Garrett Wilson do well. Like, I think he has so much potential. I, I think he will be good. And also, he's got a quarterback. But. Dump the ball down to him. You know think you know pressure's coming. You know things aren't going well. Yeah. Why are you consistently or, why are you still running Garrett Wilson on long crossers across the field, those 10, 15 yard out routes, the post routes? It's like you don't have time to get the ball downfield. Like, yes, that's where he's great. You can't really cover Garrett Wilson one on one. You saw him, you finally have the time to hit him across the middle. He goes for that sixty eight or touchdown. But you don't have the time to consistently do that. Why is he not running more slants, flat routes, screens? Get your playmaker the ball. Like I'm, t- like they're dumping it down to these no-name tight ends and these like fourth-string wide receivers that run those little routes because you have Garrett Wilson running over the middle. Get your playmaker a ball. Make him let him go make a play. Get Garrett or get Zach Wilson in a rhythm by getting him to the, 
the playmaker. Like, I don't get it. Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I mean, they also have, like, three very suitable running backs. Just run the ball. 28 yards. Yeah, Brees Hall got seven touches. 28 yards excluding Zach Wilson on the ground for your running game. That's that's, yeah. that's unacceptable on all, in all senses of the word. Four carries, nine yards for Brees Hall. Oh, yeah, four carries, four carries seven. seven care, f- yards for Dalvin Cook. That's, that's Are you serious? Yeah. No, I agree. That's uh, bad. That That's so – yeah, Cowboys have a great defense, but that's totally unacceptable. That's 11 attempts at the ground. Yeah. That, that you can't have that. <laughs> so. you, you, you cannot have that. Um, all right. Tonight you got Carolina and Nerlens. Oh, boy. That's a nice first quarter warm-up before you turn it over to the other game. <laughs> Essentially, is that what that's going to be? I, I'm interested in that game, though. I think. Oh, yeah, are you? <laughs> I mean, Derek I'm going to tell you right now, it's only going to be on the TV for the first 10 minutes. Oh, okay. so I'm not very interested in the beatdown. It's about to be happening in Pittsburgh. It's not going to be a beatdown. Don't worry about that. Don't say it like that. That's not true. That's not what's going I can't wait to see how much. Both going to be ugly, much, ugly games. I, I can't believe I'm. I'm so excited to see how much orange is in that in that stadium tonight. It's going to be a lot. That's more of an indictment on Steelers season ticket holders that have been season ticket holders. I think you should it is something that the fan base has complained about forever. You going to head up there, Lambert? I'm not. No, no, no. not heading up there. I, you we don't want to see him lose. No, we, we, it's not going to be that. It, we all. Uh, put off a lot of work last week for classes as we were preparing for the backyard brawl and so i still got some stuff that i need yeah. to make sure i get done so i'm all caught up good job um academic weapon sitting across <laughs> good stuff good stuff i mean hey uh my degree works 94 percent complete on my degree hamilton yeah, feels yeah. pretty good so that's that's a good it feeling feels really yeah. good i'm not gonna Tanner, don't make me emotional right now man yeah. <laughs> don't make me emotional um I think Brian deserves a smile out of you right yeah. now. Yeah, come on, smile real quick. Smile. Let me see hey, I took Brian to Kroger last night. Great time at the Kroger's. Yeah, you, you, you did. There's nothing that makes me and Brian more sad than going to the grocery and just being like, wow, this is... Well, because it was raining, and then the elevator was broken, and yeah. then, uh, well, we... Yeah, I don't know. Just You place elevator broken? No, the parking yeah. garage elevator. Uh, yeah. So, like, because we, we couldn't we have, we have, go grocery shopping. Well, yeah, but you don't have to use it. Oh, yeah. Sucks for you guys. I know it does. It really does. You're a big Kroger guy? It's close. <laughs> proximity, know. yeah. Yeah, proximity. I mean, Kroger chocolate milk is the best kind of chocolate milk. It is very, very good. Uh, injury report for the Steelers, not great tonight. Cam Hayward is on IR. Deontay Johnson's out. Anthony McFarland is out. I think the Steelers will be okay. Okay, pal. I think you're going to see a lot of mistakes from Cleveland tonight. Um. Now take your fandom out of it. What's your real prediction? So, I'll say it again. I, I really do believe that Deshaun Watson is going to struggle in road games. I think that fan bases are really just going to boo the hell out of him. And, I mean, he the weather played a huge factor in last week's game. But he did not look good in the last six games of last year. And the game that he played in Pittsburgh last year, he was bad in. Uh, the Browns... Where did their injury report go? That's on me. I just closed out of that. Uh, Amari Cooper questionable. Yeah, Amari Cooper's questionable. Uh, Juan Thornhill. I think Cooper's is, out for tonight. I think he, I thought it, they ruled him out. Amari Cooper. Yesterday says question. I I can look that up. I uh, guess. Why don't you look that up while I'm talking? Okay. Um, Donovan Peoples Jones is gonna have a big day. That's I said really it last aggressive. week. And now with Amari Cooper being out. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Um, Breakout game for the Wolverine. It kills me to say it, but. Yeah. I. I think Watson's going to struggle away. The Browns' defense is going to show up. He says he's considered unlikely to play. That's unlikely to play. Yeah, that's a big deal for Cleveland as well. They're going to have to run Chubb pretty hard. Uh, I wonder if the Steelers 
defense is going to uh, show up. They've got to be more physical on both lines of scrimmage. Uh, the offensive line struggled at times last week. Pickett's got to be a better decision maker. Um, there were some bad decisions last week, and we'll see what they do. I think that you're going to see a Matt Canada that's coaching for his job tonight, hopefully. And I feel like Steelers fans have been saying that for like two years. Dude, it is. Yeah, but like after I last week, if bad. you're Mike Tomlin, how can you be like, I? you've got you to gotta look in a different direction at some point. And to be completely honest with you as well, I was not happy that the Steelers kept Terrell Austin at D.C. and let Brian Flores go to Minnesota. Yeah, that was wild. Mm-hmm. That was not a smart decision because the Steelers' defense was a lot better last year. They blitzed at different times than what we were used to seeing, and they were able – like, that's what you saw with Minnesota, right, on Thursday against Philly. They were able to stop the run for the most part on key third downs and that sort of stuff. That game was really weird. It's a Thursday night game, first one of the year – nobody's going to look good in that game. Like, let's be completely transparent. But Minnesota's defense, they were blitzing at different times and things like that, and I thought that you saw some of that and it looked good. Uh, I was disappointed to see that Brian Flores uh, was not kept in the building for yeah, Pittsburgh. That, that's, a, that's a big deal. Three years ago, he almost made the playoffs as – He the, should be a head coach in the league. He should be a head coach. Um, I was very, very against what the Dolphins did, but – it's worked out for him. It yeah, really no, that, that's and, fine. And they're very lucky that it's worked out for him, or else their image would be very, very bad. But no, he was a he was a head coach that almost made the playoffs for being a team that just got stops that could not score the ball. Yeah. You had Ryan Fitzpatrick as your starting quarterback, and they almost made the playoffs because their defense was scoring touchdowns. Brady was still on the on the Patriots that year too. Yeah, like yeah, no, I agree. And they that were was, they were crazy. They needed – I forget who they needed to lose in the final week. I think but it was they, us. It might have been you I guys. I think it was Pittsburgh. I think it was you guys, and you guys won. Yeah. Um, you, got, you had a late touchdown. I think it was against the Browns, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that week. But, yeah, no, I mean, he's a phenomenal defensive coordinator. And he stems from Belichick. He was – Oh, he, he, he will get another shot in this league, and he definitely deserves it. Um, yeah, I'm excited for the night. No, but how about Mike McDaniels, man? That dude. Oh my oh, god! I don't. Why is it like that? Oh, that's Mike McDaniel. Yeah. What a guy. Right. Did you see I his? Did uh, you see his thing that he pulled last night? The running at halftime. Or <laughs> yes. I well, they know. also asked him about well, how the offense was being successful, and he's like, "Well, I didn't do anything." <laughs> he was like, "I, didn't. <laughs> I love then, that." <laughs> and then, I think he's like the most fun. Yeah. Dude, in the NFL. He's, he's one of and them. then he sees the camera jogging alongside of him, and he runs away. And he's Prince to pass the camera, man. <laughs> what a guy. It was funny. Uh, the, the other big thing for Cleveland, Jack Conklin's out tonight, which brings in Dewan Jones, which I think actually might be better for the Browns. Oh, I can't wait to just see his pure Big Thanos, size. man. <clears throat> that dude is huge. And I am sub- I understand why he fell in the draft, but that's a first-round talent they got, and I think it was the fourth round. Yeah. I mean, he's just <laughs> – He's a big man. He is. He's I think a big it, man. he's like six seven. He takes up a lot of space. I'll tell you what. Yeah, he's yeah. No, he's he's going to be good for Cleveland for a long time. Uh, I don't really have a doubt of that. Uh, trying to find the Steelers injury report here: McFarland, Johnson, Corey Trice. I guess that that matters. Uh, but Cam Hayward's the big one. Deontay Johnson being out, I pray he didn't have a touchdown last year. That guy frustrates the hell out of me. I think he could. I mean, he's good. I, there's no denying that. But whew, sometimes it's – it's throw it over the middle. Deontay, please, Kenny. Um, Kenny. 
Oh, Mouse has pulled up the video of McDaniel. Yep, there he goes. He just sprints away. That's so funny. That is funny. Because, you know, usually head coaches are super serious and all of that stuff. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a good look. Oh, it's great. It's great. Are you going to play it with the sound for us? Well, you can play with the sound for us. <laughs> that's funny that's funny Tarico is always on his game I'll oh, tell you what when he we, threw when we, Belichick threw that flag and, and he just died of laughter they, they both him and Collinsworth were both like are you kidding me like, it, now, here's it, a guy that can throw a challenge flag but, effectively you know it was, it onto the I, I, I like when the play-by-play and color guy they do it like that where you know it's serious when the game is being played and that sort of stuff but they're also having fun up there in the booth and I think that really shows a lot of the chemistry between guys uh, and that's something that's really funny. Yeah, all right. Here's the uh, Belichick. Does that sound? Here's the sound of the Belichick. Jack would have been proud of that dunk. That was awesome. It was Hold awesome. Uh, Steelers on the FBI, 40% chance of winning tonight. Game time weather, 70 degrees at kickoff. Cleveland is favored by two over under of 38. Steelers need to win it. If they don't, they'll be fine. No. <laughs> week two's a liar, too. <laughs> no, but the Steelers, they got, they're at Las Vegas next week, then at Houston, then they have Baltimore. So, anyway, football. You start your Steelers Raiders. Incredibly easy schedule, then. <laughs> that's what I mean. You know, that, that they're gonna be Although, at L.A. looks a little tougher now. It does, but that's by week five. How banged up is Stafford going to be by week five is my question. I mean, that dude was taking it off and running. His, why is he doing that? I'll still take a banged up Matt Stafford over Kenny Pickett right now. Okay. We'll see if you say that tomorrow morning. <laughs> Just saying. I, 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 I thought this, we're not supposed to be homers on this. We're on not. This network. I'm telling you though, right now, Steelers are going to bounce. You, the Steelers have been the most consistent pro sports team of the last 50 years. Understand? They've had three head coaches. It's under 10 losing seasons in that time. Well, I mean, what about? Uh, are, you, are they more consistent than the, the Patriots have been? Yeah. No. Yeah. They, over the last 50 years, yes. Uh, That's what I said. The last fit, like I, I don't get worried in the question. first five weeks of the season. I don't. I, I will be. I was more worried that year that they started eleven and zero with Ben Roethlisberger and they lost that game on Thursday to the Commanders yeah, after playing NFC on East, baby, they, the Washington Football Team. Yeah, whatever they, but they like played the Ravens the week before on a Wednesday or something. That was the year that no game got canceled to COVID. <laughs> I was more worried that year than I am right now about this team. I'm going to be honest. Really? Yeah. Like, actually? I think the Steelers got a lot better in the offseason. And they won 7 of 9 at the end of last year. Um, they went 5-5 you know, five five in the preseason. Yeah, okay. Touchdowns. That's not where I was going. They, they made adjustments on the offensive line, which was important. They brought in some help in the secondary, uh, on the defense as well. I think that getting Allen Robinson is going to open some things up. That was a really easy deal to make for the Steelers um, and that's only going to help as well. Yeah. I need to see Najee Harris get more than seven touches. Yeah. You don't like 
they didn't establish a run game whatsoever last week. It didn't make any they sense really to me. Was any no, they well, do didn't. You think, do you think that was more because they were trailing the whole game, or was that just they were trailing seven nothing? Okay, like you're not out of the game at that point. Even ten nothing, you're not out of the game. Try to do something different. You, yeah. you go in, you throw it, then you run a jet sweep, and then you throw it again. Like, Wasn't Kenny like 5 for 8 with 9 yards at one point? Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. And then they ran a two-minute offense, and he went 67 yards yep. down the field in a minute and a half when he was calling the plays. Oh, then and playing then the parade, baby. It, That's what that, that means. Risky, and then they got well, no, I just, like. I understand. I understand. It's, it's frustrating. Why is two-minute? We were, I was talking to my roommate the other night. Why is two-minute offense better? Than normal. I offense. think it's because the quarterback has a feel for the game and they get to choose what to do with it. No, and I think a lot of it is when you're there's also a thing called a two minute defense where it's that you're really it's like that bend don't vanilla, break. You yeah. will, you'll give up eight yard dunks and that's like kind of that. what I was thinking. Like usually your defense is playing a little bit more, not trying to give up the big play. They want to you know keep yeah. it in front of them. That's what I thought, but I just wonder why the two minute offense always seems to be so much more effective. It does, and yeah. you know. Like that's why I want the Steelers to run more tempo. It's also we'll a see. lot. It's a lot easier for an offense to get to go quick and get. Which is why I don't get why more teams don't run tempo. It's a lot easier for offense. Maybe it's more to of a change. You, know, you can keep. Thing? Yeah, you can know. keep a same personnel in on offense and run a whole bunch of different things, and you can you can get that in more quickly. But for a defense and a defensive coordinator, you kind of when you, once tempo starts happening, it's a lot more just like base. Like get right. to your get to your, you know this personnel has to stay in the whole time. We're gonna run this nickel package. We're gonna kind of play this here and there. It's a lot harder to dial up and think about you know this situation you want to run this or this situation you want to run this blitz. It's yeah. so you're able to kind of pick them apart a little more, which is why I don't get why more teams don't run tempo. Well, that's tempo, what I mean. Tempo favors the offense. Like, uh, is it a stamina issue? Uh, are you trying to save maybe, your energy for the later in the game, and then you get the adrenaline in the last two minutes? Maybe I mean that. Where I was, because I was literally having a conversation with my roommate about this, like why is the offense just so much more effective, and why don't more teams run tempo and, and things like that? Because it, it just seems to be way more effective, yeah. and um, it's almost like you know they're gonna put together a decent drive most of the time with two minutes left. I mean, not always, of course, but it just seems that way a lot of the time. Or maybe, right, really? maybe there's a script. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to read you Mike Asty's tweet about the backyard brawl. Former U92 alum, big friend of the program, Mike Asty on Twitter. Uh, watching a bit of the TV broadcast of WVU's win over Pitt and have these notes right now. They showed Green a lot on the sidelines. Jerkovic missed so many more open receivers than it even seemed to be in the press box. Uh, they decided to struggle on a pronunciation for Maricol, and it was a great showcase of Morgantown and the WVU fans but he doesn't feel that they still gave enough justice to him. I will say when they came back from Sweet Caroline, uh, they showed the overhead shot and did not have the crowd noise on. So <laughs> they turned it back on right after it ended, uh, which is probably fair. You know, we, we all know what was being said uh, during that time, that three-word phrase. I'll tell you what. A lot of people talked about this on Twitter. Ren Baker's hands were all over that game, and it was phenomenal to see in terms of I, I really think three years ago that song doesn't get played if Pittsburgh is playing in Morgantown. Like, I, I don't think it I don't, gets played. I, I don't I think that they – well, no, so they didn't play it in 2011, but the Pitt band played it. Oh, that's, yeah. That's, that's how it went in 2011. Last time back here, bro, was here. Yeah. And then since then, it's been like, okay, just getting up, gearing up for it, ready to go. 
I mean, it happened even, at Pitt last year, and it was... Because Pitt has done that for since... Well, no, but I'm saying the WVU fans outnumbered Pitt fans last year, and you could hear it at Acrisure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you could. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I did not hear, let's go Pitt. I'll put it to you that yeah. way. <laughs> but I think even last year, Sweet Caroline was not played. And now in both home games, it has been played, even when Pitt was not here. And I'm willing to bet it will probably be played at every home game. I, I would think like, so. It, I don't know. Like, Pitt plays. <laughs> you you've seen you've seen all these. You have that the touchdown in the touchdown terrace down there. That exclusive seating. Yeah, yeah. You've seen the. You added fire to the run out. Now you've seen more fireworks. You've seen. You know you get a big flyover for the game. Like yeah, all that these was things. Cool. It's. He's making West Virginia football fun again, and I think that's the big thing. He's he's drawing fans in, and the environment. It was at its all-time peak, and yes, it was going to be high, but I think he did a phenomenal job of letting the fans be fans and like truly embracing the environment and going in the prompt and bringing, trying to bring West Virginia football back in that positive light of like we're an all-time program. We 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 we're up there with the top of them. Like it's, it was very. I think very he felt positive. it in the air too. Yeah. Just like the entire day. Obviously, Pitts in town, so. Uh, motions are going to be up, but like even when I was walking around campus in the morning, like, like yeah, it's I big felt it. game day on yeah. campus. And I he, felt it. He yeah. actually he talked about it in the press conference too. That he was asked. He came in and uh, he's always there for when Neil speaks. And he said he was like, "That was fun, wasn't it?" And he's like, "Well, it makes me want to do it again." And one of the reporters asked him like, "So does your do your kids now know all the the true words to Sweet Caroline?" And he was like, "Oh, it was fun." Like my oldest one asked me, and I, I'm not exactly sure how, she, how old she is. She's probably got to be. I think she's she's probably like in six elementary seven. School, yeah, she's elementary school. school. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but she asked me. She's like, "Dad, like, do I have your permission to join in on the like the words?" And he goes, "I'll tell you this. I will not give you permission to say those words, but there will be no punishment <laughs> if you do." And he's like, "And I left it at that." Yeah. Um, and I, like, I just think like the way that he talks to the media and he talks to, like he's yeah. such he's bringing so much positive energy, positive energy. Yeah. That's to a this really program, good way to pull it. And you've seen it right into the football it's contagious it's it, actually it really contagious. is yeah. and it's it's very refreshing because the last two years that we've been here there's been so much negative and everything is just <laughs> down and the basketball program's down and things aren't great and the football team's at an all-time low and nothing's going right and now there's been You're only there's, there's been only slight improvements thus far but it feels so much bigger than what is happen and I think he has to do with a lot of that it's been really good to see I think it's a really really good point and it makes a lot of sense uh we got to interview Ren Baker earlier this year on the Mountaineer Sports Insider podcast if you want to go check that out and learn a little bit more about him I would uh suggest you do so it was a great conversation and yeah I mean in talking with him you could you could tell right like he's just that guy that has like an aura around him where it's like all right I'm buying into whatever this guy's selling uh and I think that's really really important um and, and you know he goes to just about everything he can. You know he's yeah. talked about that, and I I, I do agree. Um, and you know if this team's able to win on Saturday and potentially get back into the top twenty-five, uh, you're going to see a lot more crowds. Uh, and it's not like there hasn't been crowds, right? But crowds with that positive energy and that feeling yeah. of this team can go and compete and, and do things that we haven't seen in a while, which is really really important, right? And we know we know how good of a, re, a recruiter Neil Brown is on his own. 
Now you start bringing. I mean, there were like what what that game does on national TV yes. to show the environment yes. of West Virginia football in a time where it's you a non-ranked game. You yeah. saw college football yeah. on Fox. You saw ESPN. All these posting the Sweet Caroline, posting the country roads after the game, and talking about how it's one of the best traditions. Recruits see that. There were so many of them at the game last night. You can bring more to games that have even. You know, a recruit sees, you know, this is just a regular Big 12 game. Wow, it's almost sold out, and it's loud, and these fan base, this fan base cares, and this is fun. And, like, you put that on top of how Neil Brown's able to recruit, like, this. People want to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. like, Pitt was obviously the biggest game of the season for the fan base, but now, now you talk about what's the biggest game for long term of the season, and I think there's even more implications on that for Texas Tech with the chance to go – Three and one, the chance for Neil Brown to win his first three straight games since he's been here, a chance to possibly get back into the top twenty-five. This weekend is going to be huge. It is, and we will have coverage for you all week long right here on U ninety two. A quick look at the sports schedule for you. Dayton is in town tomorrow night for men's soccer. You can catch that game at seven o'clock right here on U ninety two. I'll be there. We'll see if I'm calling it with somebody or not. I don't know yet. Uh, Wednesday morning, Mounts in the morning, sports night, Wednesday night. Women's soccer on Thursday, Iowa State's in town. Men's soccer again on Friday. Then the Touchdown City tailgate on Saturday, three hours before kickoff. It'll take you all the way up to Texas Tech and West Virginia. That'll do it for us here this morning on Beat the Clock. It's WWVU FM Morgantown.